0: Late Podcast. It's not a roaming Moses, it's a special visitor I've got today, Scott Kenny. How you going, mate?
1: Yeah, good, mate. How are
0: you? Yeah, really good. Fucking funny celebrating all these anniversaries, because again, like, you know, heading up to Buddy Barney and Clarkie about, you know, a bit over a year ago now, and shouting you out, because we're passing the koala within four and a half hours of each other. So you're going to get a bluebird. All of a sudden, I think... Bluebird prices might be going up as the Never Late podcast keeps shouting out Scott Kenny or on Instagram s Kenny eighty one.
1: Yeah, that's me. T- that's me target.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, we we're just talking about the uh, good moot fucking that came along from the uh, moot land, end up with the Never Late crew, but Denny Dave and I'm about to hand you a shot of the good Denny Dave fucking spirit, which might be a bit tough to hold down, but we've got a beer to wash them down with. I did say to Danny Dave, it's a bit too smooth, so therefore it could be dangerous, because oh, I it's think it, cracks in, it. At, cracks in at about 50%. <laughs> so there you go. Grab me stubby. <laughs> and, I don't know, I've just sort of been reflecting on how much your life's changed since that moment you were driving across to pick up a Bluebird and, you know, like you already had the new bub as well, so I suppose that was a bit of a sprint.
1: It was a, uh, yeah, a bit of a shift.
0: Bit of a shift.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I'd say. In three years, I've gone from living by myself in the ACT to <laughs> living in Melbourne, uh, being a father at 40. Yep. And a shed full of cars and a boatload of work and just trying to make it all work.
0: Yep, and if you want to, buddy, buy this bloke a birthday present now, He's announced his age. He's got the same birthday as AO and me as well. Just buy mm-hmm. again. sheer fucking coincidence and connection but 23rd of march seems to be our common (laughs) thing. but i don't know we've been chatting on instagram well before the buddy you know the never late launch anyway and you know i sort of all of a sudden i'm heading up to do the barney clarky thing and you know you're heading past the koala at the same time and then you know again i just follow you on instagram and all of a sudden it's not so much about building bluebirds as it is about changing nappies maybe but there's no, you know, there's, yeah, there's none a bit of that going on. None that breach the uh, content, fucking, you know, outcomes. But you know, um, so I suppose wanted to sort of talk around a little bit of that. But I think we're going to start straight into an ever late eight because I will be listening when it drops, and he'll go fuck. I'm meant to be asking him eight questions. Yeah. So I've got the eight questions printed out today, so I'll get them in the order that I once decided they should be in. But let's go back, Scotty. To your first car-related memory, mate? Uh,
1: that would be as a young primary school kid. I grew up in western suburbs of Sydney. Yep. Uh, Mum and Dad. Dad's a big car guy as well. Um, he pit crewed for Bob Dunn back in the 70s out at Castle Ray. Yep. Uh, on the T-bucket yep. and later in a funny car. Yeah. So he's had cars in the blood. Yeah. Quite some time, and it rubbed off. Yep, yep. Uh, as it tends to do,
0: born with or rubbed off.
1: But yeah. yep. And the uh, the family car was a TE Cortina. Yeah, Tegr with the vinyl roof and the four point one. So, manual. Uh, automatic. Automatic. Yeah. But fully optioned, that was. Yeah. Uh, she was a bit of a hot rod back in the day. So. It feels
0: like a deja vu moment already. I don't know, I just had a little touch of that. Like I've asked someone before and we've gone TE 250 auto manual. Yeah, you
1: know, and it like, was but, the TE yeah, GR with the vinyl roof and it had the chrome speedy Apache wheels on yeah. it. Like it was a proper 80s car. the a
0: TE wagon with a um, two-piece glass sunroof, pop-up sunroof, yeah. and it had chromies on it that had XP upcaps.
1: And they so, were... You know, quite a common thing back yeah. in the day and yeah. uh, you just don't see them. And funny driving here, I yep. uh, come through the main street of Ballarat and here comes a TE Cortina. Was it green? Yeah, green one. <laughs> with the Garden State plates on it, start it, with A. so yeah, it's, like, it's obviously really to drive
0: around this town and spot a car I haven't seen. On record, Unbelievable. the, but the fact I knew, yeah. as soon as you said you'd seen one, I knew it was that green. And not a... Not an ice green either.
1: No, you know. no, it's a horrible colour, that. But, you know, the car was immaculate. I'll tell, you so. how,
0: I'll tell you what happened, though. The guy that had my wagon, and it was a great little TE wagon, and it was the minty, bloody iridescent green, and it had yep. the bloody chromies on it and the XP hubcaps and everything. And I thought, I walked, he said, do you want to do a deal? And I've got a yellow HQ that I paid, I think, six. no, a gold HQ that I paid 650 bucks for, and it had hot wires on it. Which I was going to hold on to with like big eight-inch bloody hot wires and two six-five tires mm. that were mint brand new. It was the only modification to this car, but it had been hitting the nose cone. And what's happened with the nose cone is basically, I've he, he needed to lift home, so I thought, well, we'll take the car. And he's nosed it into the gutter, yeah. Knowing full well that it didn't have a handbrake that bloody worked and that it was going to catch me out before I could slide third gear and three pegger. So he's watching out the window as I've rolled forward and driven the center of the nose cone into the pole, which is clearly where he initially damaged the nose cone. But yeah. put a nose cone on it the next day. Guy turns up with, Would you do a deal on me wagon? Oh, what do you got? Walk out and spot this immaculate TE wagon. And he just wanted a Kingswood of some sort. So I ended up giving him, I don't know, a thousand bucks or something, plus the HQ, and got thirty-seven fifty, I reckon, for that little wagon. So I
1: there I am. Um yeah, it's, that's a car that's definitely on the purchase list when I've got the time. Yeah,
0: but, it's yeah, interesting but, too because yeah, you being forty and me being fifty-three, you know, like first car memory. Te, like I'm yeah. sitting there, yeah, you know, when they're pretty well, yeah.
1: Mum right, and dad. Grade
0: four, grade five. Yeah, you know,
1: that. that was the family car. We only had one car, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. And we had that car till I started high school. Like, and you know, clearly, after years, your old man
0: playing cars, he knew it was a good car. That's
1: yeah, yeah. He, well, they bought it was twelve months old when they bought it. You yeah. know, dad had a car and. Obviously, yeah. baby seats and salikas don't mix. So, the, their salika went and the Cortina was there. So,
0: what well, was the first uh, Scotty ride then? That you so, the first car with. I
1: had on the road was a uh, 1977 Mazda 323 hatchback. Yep. Um, it was offered to me cheap yep. and it was the, my way into a set of wheels. Yep. So, we yep. just jumped on it yep. um, and I learned to drive in it. It was a little 1300 four speed manual. Yep. Uh, I used to live 50 kilometres from my high school, so I used to drive it to and from school every day when I was in year 12. Um, yeah, it, yep. that did some solid miles in that car, and I was an apprentice yep. when I left school, so I didn't have much cash. Yeah. So I couldn't have a six cylinder or anything no, like that because totally I couldn't afford that. to run it. So, yep. yeah, I had the 323 for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Very unfortunately sure. wrote it off uh and then yeah moved into a laser just for the same reason I couldn't yeah. afford the house. I couldn't afford that an apprentice day. pay packet mate it just
0: doesn't go far Yeah, are living back like you're talking, you talking know, yeah we are talking to your housemate Simon and that before but back yeah. when we were sharing a flat together we're both doing apprenticeships and we've taken home less than a hundred a week yeah I think ninety three dollars or something I started yeah hairdressing by the way but yeah <laughs> a hairdresser and a jeweler hundred and forty
1: dollars a, a week I think I earn it know $55 of it was going in the car because yeah. I was driving to Homebush from, you know, out of Western suburbs of Sydney every day.
0: So. Yeah, well, we'll see everybody dinner too, mate. Young blokes and an apprentice electrician, so be interested to have a bit of a talk with and find out what yeah. makes his world turn because he's got that gorgeous view out there and, yeah, yeah. restoring a Gallant at the moment too. I saw a Gallant, yeah. No, he's got another one. He's got a two door pillarless one, a badge Chrysler.
1: Very uh, rare car, the pillarless ones. Yeah, I know yeah, the that's car you're it. talking about. Yeah, no, he's rare. got one, yeah. and it
0: was a, it was actually a rally car in the district here. Yep. So it's had a really tough life, I and mean, it's coming back as a pristine streetcar. Oh, very good. Yeah, you know, a lot of love for those things. So, what's the favourite car that you've owned, Scotty? Who's uh, going to pick up a Bluebird now? Uh,
1: I actually had quite some time ago had an ED XR6. Yep. In Polynesian green. Yep. Um. I bought this car out of the trading post back in the day. It was a, it was a, let's call it an impulse buy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it had a Jim Mock uh, motor in it. So the guy who uh, bought the car in Sydney had come down to Melbourne, Yeah. Put it, uh, gym, had been to Jim Mock's workshop at Tottenham. Yeah. Um, he was pretty big on the single cam sixes back in the day. Uh, so it had quite a big cam in it and a fair bit of work, it made yep. about 160 kilowatts of the wheels yep. from memory. Um, it was a quick car, and it was immaculate. And at the time I owned the car back in two thousand and four, it only had about ninety thousand k's on the clock. Yeah. And you know, at that time, I think I paid seven and a half grand for it. Oh. And I regret selling it because the guy I sold it to just drove it into the ground. Yeah. And now, you know, that'd be quite a valuable. Yeah. They're not. They're not a hugely valuable car, but I those XR sixes are yeah. starting to climb in price, yeah. and it, it was. Not that I want it for any investment, but it was just a clean car. It had never been crashed, and it was immaculately, really well kept.
0: Yeah, well, I bought actually a um, an ED Fairmont off uh, Steve the Wog, DMA to mine, mm. and I bought an XF Fairmont Gear off him, and it was the silver. It was the silver with the beautiful trim, but it was a shitter. It had been flogged out and probably done six hundred and fifty thousand Ks. But at the time, it fit me budget. And I took it home, parked it in the driveway. I think he knew I was never, never going to get it happening. And he said to me, look, I've got a car for you. And I said, well, what is it? And it was this ED Fairmont, done 125 k's, barely had an ass on the back seat. Just a really nice car. Sort of, sort of silver going onto that greeny sort of yeah. edge. Yeah, I'm not sure the name of the colour. But yeah, just crazy share of coincidence, but a fond love of EDs. And I gave that one to my daughter. I was rocking around yeah. in a shitty old WVU with a five poster on it and side skirts and fucking landing B&S. lights and the B&S uh, yeah, the VNS yeah. one I bought off a chick who worked in Crewswick um, at the supermarket and it had hot pink, but he had a hot pink um, bull bar, yeah, uh, which I painted grey and I I know there was something else hot pink that I had to disable. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So the favourite one, you reckon, probably the Ed XR?
1: Yeah, look, it was to anyone else, it was nothing special, but it drove nice. It went hard for a naturally aspirated yeah, yeah. six-cylinder car, Yep. and it was, it was a manual, and it was just a nice car to drive, yeah. and it was well kept. Yep. And I sold it, and then I saw it about six months after I sold it, and it was completely trashed, oh. and it just kind of, I really
0: wanted to hang on to it. Yeah, well, you probably listen to our Late Eight every now and again, but know that three turns into four. Is that the regretful sale?
1: Um, yes, the, there's a regretful sale. that would be it. Yep. Um, I also probably had an opportunity to buy a That's car the, and the didn't.
0: Mi- yeah, so you um, do know us too well, the missed opportunity.
1: So the missed opportunity, there's two actually. Um, yep. I could have purchased an XE ESP That was originally a six-cylinder car that had a Cleveland in it and a C4 and it had a factory sunroof (sighs) and it was silver, over grey with a shield interior. It was a really nice, well-kept car. It had a set of B45 Simmons on it in gold. Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. I was was a tradesman and I was on call that week. And I'd rang the guy again, trading post, called him up, said I was interested, Went to have a look, was on my way to his house, and I got called into work. So I called him and said, Ah, oh, don't worry about it. I've got to call out. I'll call you later. And I just never called the guy back. Yeah. And he wanted 11 grand for it. Yeah. And now, you know, you won't get change out of oh. 100 grand for something like that these I think days. You
0: might have heard me speak about um, Carl McGill's uh, XF, XD with all the XF gear on it. Yeah. It was in our podcast. But um, he, his cousin had a XD which had all the XFM on gear trim yes. swapped into it. So Carl did a deal with him, give him the XD. So this thing was Pulsar, blue light, 460, Yeah, registered with a 460 C6 and just everything worked, fucking grass car. We could have kept it in Ballarat and me, mate, and I, like his brother and I, were like we had many conversations later for letting that car leave town for... Probably ten would have kept it in town. Probably ten or eleven between yeah. the two of us, we would have kept that car here. But if Ford had built a big block XF, fair oh, one, that was, sold on that was yeah. But that was the car. That's yeah. what he built, and it ran twelve eighty or something. It was pretty fucking stout back in the day too. Yeah, yeah well, it was a quick car back in the Yeah. Then too, now you, know. you said you had a second, Mister. Yeah.
1: So <clears throat> I had a um, I've had a six hundred kilowatt BF Falcon, which a lot of people may or may not know. Um, the car, anyway, I before I owned tonight. it. Um, but at that particular time, I'd sold a house, and I'd had a bit of cash, and I was looking for buy a car. <laughs> and uh,
0: Splurge.
1: I found an R32 GTR for the princely sum of $19,000, and I looked at it, and at the same time, this 600-kilowatt BF Falcon had turned yeah. up for sale, and I was like, GTR, BF Falcon, so I bought the BF. Yep. Um, spent a lot of money on it. Um, trying to make it reliable, fixing a lot of problems, oh. and it was a it turned into a bit of an episode where it got to a point where I was pouring that much money into it, I wasn't enjoying it, so I moved yeah. it on, and I was lucky to get the money back after yes. I sold. And then R thirty twos and you know hundred thousand dollar cars. I so I can't
0: believe we've got your fucking unicorn sitting in the fucking chair yeah, there, absolutely. too. Absolutely. Like, you know, like <laughs> I could have put, I could have
1: picked something up for eighteen grand and been sitting on a six figure motor car and just, I yeah, just yeah. went the other way. And it's just one of those slot and door moments yeah. in the
0: Well just to our listeners, I'm probably sitting about, I don't know, fifty meters from the cleanest R thirty two. Skyline, you'll probably find in yeah, that car Australia. Is immaculate. I reckon the mate's got an immaculate one, and it's done eighty, what eighty six or eighty eight k's. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just funny I'm because a like Skyline, you'll see that. Yeah, but it's, it's weird. Yeah, that's that's your big missed opportunity too. And you have to, I have to drag you out there to look at one. Yeah. Like what, a, yeah. what an arsehole. Yeah, well, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we get to go into yeah, uh, favourite car event. You know I mean, there's no time for you to be heading out to events at the moment, I suppose, but...
1: No, I've...
0: What do you, um, I've I, know, been I know you've done some Summonats stuff that really a bloke who owns a Bluebird you wouldn't have thought was part of his package, but it, it comes onto that BF
1: as I, well, I um, well, I lived in Canberra for a long time. So yeah. I, I, mean, I grew up in, in sort of Western Sydney, so, you know, we used to do the drive down to Summonats and stay in Canberra the weekends and, yeah, yeah. And make a trip of it. Yep. Um, we'd stay there for a week, do everyday Summonats and then go see a bit of town as well.
0: Yep.
1: Um, Summonats is a favourite event. When I moved to Canberra as a resident, um, it was a no-brainer to obviously go, and then I've got mates in Sydney that would come down and stay yeah, at my place, yeah, and we'd yeah. sort of make a, make a weekend of it. Yeah,
0: Canberra um, lights up too. I suppose that kind of story doesn't get out much, but the no. locals kind of really embrace. <sighs>
1: Canberra is a funny place where... Uh, around Summonat's time you'll see a lot of cars in canberra with ACT plates on them that you never see any other time of year yeah it's an interesting sort of thing because yeah, I don't get that don't dynamic
0: get like no, I haven't spoken to anyone who's who lives there when yeah. it rolls up you know
1: and it's just it's just a great event um Anyone who knows me will tell you how much I love Canberra and I love living there. Uh, yeah. It's probably my favourite place I've ever lived. I and that might be, be really polarising to some people, yeah, but well. <laughs> until you live there, it's. Uh, but they, they turn on a good too, event. Because
0: we've got a government that sit there. So I've been yeah. there for different reasons too. And just, I don't know. But I've, even for some of that, so I'm like, Where, where's the bottle shop? You know, like looking yeah. for a sign somewhere on the side of the road. Yeah. Like it's, and it's,
1: it's just, it's a good event. Um, it's well run. Yeah. Uh Chi Henry obviously was a great uh ambassador for that Chick event Henry. in his later years. Yeah. Um he did a good job setting it up. Yeah. But he was also a great ambassador for it in his later years and um Nubia. you know Andy Lopez does a great job running that event, but yeah. it, it just it's a good time to be around because it's summer, it's warm, yep. the days are long. It's a well-run sort of thing. Yeah. People get behind it and it's just a really nice relaxing place yep. uh, to be. Uh, also, I said, from-
0: I said that I'd book um, the Maddie Waters um, tour of Summernats because I reckon he'd be great to walk around Summernats. Uh, maybe it's not I'm a thinking for your local, for the local twist. Maybe Scotty, you know, Scotty's tour of Canberra. Oh,
1: absolutely! I can yeah. show you some. We'll uh, build yeah. a hot
0: rod bus and we'll go and cruise the district.
1: Maddie Waters. Uh, there's not a blade of grass inside Epic that he wouldn't know. Um, it just, yeah, he blows my mind with yeah, the amount yeah. of knowledge that he's got. He, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, love, love no, that. No, love listening stuff. to Matty talk. He's, um, yeah, he knows, he knows a lot.
0: But again, there's what I don't know. I don't know how you count generations, but you know, you got this old rooster in, at 53. You got you at 40. You got Matty coming behind. You know, yeah. sort of, uh,
1: I think the future of the uh, of the movement's
0: in really good hands. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, got this bloke got will surrender his seat in the fucking Neverlate studio any time you want it mate yeah uh, the other favorite <laughs> event is no don't get nervous A.O., oh, I'm not leaving <laughs> yeah, the, other, the other event probably would be
1: drag racing in Western Sydney um I'd, I'd put that as just one big thing yeah again growing up in in Western Sydney when they when Western Sydney dragway opened I went to the first ever event there yeah and I obviously been really close to my dad Yep. and my dad been from a drag racing sort of yeah, background yeah. in Sydney in yeah. the 70s and the 80s, and then it kind of
0: went through a bit of a the whole district exploded, didn't it?
1: Yeah, and Western it was Western Sydney Dragway then, and the events are just great. The track's good. I think it's a great facility yep. for people um, to go to and families and things like that, and yep. the, the racing's good. Yeah. Yeah, they, they run some good events up there. So I haven't been there for quite a few years, but yeah. I've even when I was living in Canberra, I'd drive up for the weekend, yeah. and it was just one of those things where – you know, Dad would come over to Canberra and we'd drive up together and yeah. we'd make a weekend of it and it was just, it was a really good thing. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: sweetheart. See, I'm trying to build a timeline, but I know that back in the 90s, like when drag racing was really surging hard, you yeah. know, it was that whole family involvement. It was, you know, you could, I mean, colder Park, you go and park on the hill, you could take your bloody Esky in the boot and sit down and eat sandwiches you know, on a picnic blanket. The funny thing racing.
1: about um, me moving down to Melbourne was that I'd watched the Thunderdome as a kid. Yep. Oscars, drag racing at Calder Park, and when you watched it on television, and it was pretty limited TV coverage then, but when it was on, uh. I'd sit there and watch it with my dad, and you'd look, and there'd be a hundred thousand people there, and it was I just,
0: just got a tingle moment. I just got yeah. the full chills because. The night that I met Victor Bray and he signed me a T-shirt, he's one man swapping out some main bearings in the old Steel 57 Chevy. Yeah. he mate's taken his but his Super Flow Heads T-shirt to get signed by the Gat Boys because they've just run a record pass. But yeah. how approachable it was and the quality of, you know, pe- you know I mean, yeah, Victor Bray, I suppose, important. coming from Queensland to race at Calder.
1: You know? But the, the funny thing was, like, you watch it <clears throat> on TV as a kid. And, yeah. And, you know, oh. I'd never really spent much time in Melbourne until I met my partner. And uh, I come down here for work because the company I work for is based in Victoria. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd never really been to Calder or knew where it was in relation to Melbourne itself. And then I went to a, uh, to a drag racing event up there on a Friday afternoon after work and I'd never been to Calder. And I drove in and I just – my heart kind of sank because – it's really been let go. Yeah, it's been run into the ground by well, the looks of it. Just and it as much as I'd love,
0: and as much as I'd love to see Calder come back to form, because it brings all the Melbourne stuff. So, yeah, you know, they Friday night racing. Yeah, you know, like they just go out there, you know, the Fridays the and then big Friday big night street racing. And, you know, and oh, absolute killer. But what I see more, and from what Heath Parker doing. And especially with regard to their camping at fucking weekend events, yeah is that you guys, you, know, you and Carly and Reese heading over there and Buddy camping out you know in the, over behind the track and me camped out over by the track and us watching a weekend of drag racing and, 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 and being just a small percentage of the families that'll be there and the you know,
1: Park is really well run I went there for drag challenge. Yeah. Um no, not long ago. Yeah, I met, know. Met I saw. Yeah, and, we went. The, we went through, the first yeah. hug,
0: mate, in the pitch at yeah. and then yeah.
1: you know, Bruce Howie and those guys, and and it was, it was a really and a shout out to Scotty from Carnage as well and Street Machine for putting that event together. Oh, definitely,
0: um, no, truly, and also. I've spoken shout to Scotty. To
1: you, I've spoken to Scotty a little bit um, with some of the work he was doing with uh the school bus for yeah, his uh his young bloke's school and. He's run a really solid event, and the background the work that goes on behind the scenes there, yeah. um, those guys do a really solid job. Yeah, it was so good, mate. Yeah, they, that, that's... I mean, a, I've seen Telfo
0: in the pits on the prowl, Yeah, you know, on the prowl in the pits that, you know, he's yeah. getting, you barely speak a word, you know, because he's just constantly on it, you know, and they're all over it. And then Lance Warren gets shouted out a whole heap, and he does here because he bought the track. He's building this. But... Um, Stephen, that's on the ground there too, yeah. as their manager. Like, I've never spoken to a more approachable bloke. You know, if you wanted to pull a car club section together and have a special bracket for your club, like, they would they'd, they'd cater to you. Like, they just. They just seem to be
1: about running good events.
0: Yeah. So, no. And
1: bringing people together, which. Let's face it; that's what we're
0: all about. Yeah, well, actually, it's normally here in the same room as me, the car. But yeah. the tunnel Rams—you've seen the Rams—they're yeah. going on it. There's a set of 14s going on the back of that to have a bit of a play because yeah. I reckon yeah, you know, she'll work a lot better. But you know, I can see us a nostalgic uh, drag racing event upcoming soon.
1: Yeah, definitely sto- interested
0: in that. Yeah, no, sweet as now. Let's go to. Uh, I suppose uh, the one that we met up on but you already had a bluebird that made you like bluebirds but we're on the current cars Scotty.
1: Uh, so the current cars yeah I've got a 81 model bluebird station wagon which uh, is an interesting car um, so I bought it I bought it site well, or not sight unseen but it was a, it was one of those deals where I was actually at work on a call out on a Saturday afternoon and I was flicking through a gum tree while I was waiting for a machine to turn on yeah and it popped up for sale. <laughs> The car had been to Summonats with the previous owner, Andrew, um, who is a Datsun guy from Canberra. Yep. He'd on sold it to a guy in New South Wales. Yep. Um, I saw it for sale, made the phone call, promptly finished the call out, drove to Sydney that afternoon yep. uh, and paid for it, went back with my, with my dad and we picked it up and I drove it back to Canberra and the car just drove really well. Yep. Um, it's just a powder blue, Bluebird. It's got a five-speed in it. Yeah. It's lowered on a set of Simmons wheels. It's got a standard two-litre with a Gilmer drive on it. Yeah. The motor's been rebuilt, and it's just a, it's just a cruiser, and it's a cool it's
0: just, car. And, and it does. Uh, like, yeah, again, yeah, it's skinny. You know, 81. Have, go and have a look. The car's in there. But it, it does. It's, it's sweet. It looks it's sweet. It's just a cool it.
1: car. and you know,
0: um, I'm glad because I'm thinking wheels, wheels, wheels. What wheels are on it? It's like got, got a probably, set of Simmons you know,
1: V4s got, on it at the moment. Yeah, um, no. yeah but it, it was just a cool car. And I actually saw the car at Summonat's before I owned it, like when Andrew had the car. And it had a set of mesh in full Japanese wheels on it. And it was really low. And he was cruising around Canberra in it. And I just—I've always had an affinity for bluebirds. Yep. Um, we've had a few in the family over the years, and um, I just well, had I'll an affinity an
0: in- for the shape. I needed to declare an interest because Mum had one, yeah. and it was satin red because the red just didn't hold on those series 1 bluebirds for some reason and we give it a cut and polish in the shed one day and it was dazzling but the amount of parts it took me to get while I'm playing with the 327 HB Tiranas or thinking about building an A model and all this other shit I had going on but mum's little red bluebird I spent a lot of time behind the wheel of that and I remember because we transfer into music maybe even later this episode Metallica's Black Album I had on tape playing it in Mum's bloody eight and probably eighty one. I don't know, yeah. but it was that model Bluebird sedan. But. I've always liked the shape.
1: I've had an. I've always had a thing for Japanese rear wheel drive mid sized cars. You yeah. know, they were when I was a kid. Um, or when I was a teenager, we, you know, I grew up in a rural area in, in Sydney, and, and you know, we had paddock bashes, and you know, friends that had properties and that. They, they were, it was always a paddock bomb, yeah. and it was always yeah. a yeah. Jap. It was either a Sigma. A Corolla, a Corona, I'm a Bluebird, two hundred B. No, no. there wasn't any Salikas. Well, this
0: guy here that you met tonight, who's got the buddy Z1, whatever, yeah. buddy, you know, crazy collectible Kawasaki, as well as the rear mount turbo Dute and stuff. But basically, um, he was all over Salikas. There's probably there were probably six that he brought it brought in home, put the twin cam head on him, and sent him back out again. Like, yeah. he was playing Sleekers pretty hard. But. It was always,
1: there was always a paddock basher that was a Jap sort of rear sedan because they were worth nothing.
0: Oh, we bought a buddy Little Datsun. I'm not even sure what model. It's got to be like a small pre-Bluebird wagon. Yeah. So I don't like think it was 280B. Yeah. It was just an oddball, yeah, early, early sort of 1600 style or something. but. Yeah, I bought it for a hundred and twenty bucks off a bloke in Smilesdale, Drove it three k's and spent the afternoon jumping it till it died. You know?
1: The reason I bought the Bluebird <laughs> was because I'd had I've had high power cars and and. I just I didn't get enjoyment out of them because you are constantly fiddling with them to keep But them I've got worldly.
0: to say that makes me love you more. Because I because I met you as the bluebird guy and then yeah. you're hearing stories about six hundred and whatever kilowatt BFs. It's like, wow, no yeah. it's street machine. And I'd had that stuff over the, the years. Cool
1: and the beauty of the bluebird is and particularly in Canberra, when I was living in Canberra, it was just parked in a garage and it was something I could just get in on a Saturday yep. and turn the key yep. and drive it. Yeah. And it's not something you see every day. No, you get a like thumbs up here it, and there. It's like
0: you've seen a te Cortina today. How many bluebirds are you seeing? And, you
1: know? you know, you get the thumbs up from a few people who, and everyone, every time I would pull into a survey to fill it up, someone will come over and tell me about the bluebird that was in their family or they yeah, know someone who yeah, had one.
0: Yeah, no. And the
1: amount of other and guys I've met,
0: um, yeah.
1: even coming down to Melbourne, that... I've met through owning that car. I've yeah. met some really great people. And it's just its just a cool car and I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, no, sweet as. And that was current cars. Uh, so. Yeah, so I've got another one as well. I've got a
1: sedan. So I've no. got the Datsun disease where we own multiple. And
0: that was the one you picked up a year ago.
1: Yeah, the one I got from Renmark. So that's um, <laughs> that's the the top of the line, as it were, in the day with the electric windows and everything. Yep. So that's quietly sitting in storage waiting for me to spin some spanners on it.
0: And just tidy it up. It just needs to tidy up, yeah. 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 No, sweet as, mate. I'm happy with that. Uh, dream car and garage, we can go money, no object on a dream car or garage. Dream car.
1: Um, I've got a quite varied taste in cars, I suppose.
0: That's all that question tries to reach into. What are you into?
1: Yeah, so so, I've always been into Fords, um, I get that from the old man as well. And I don't mind the Japanese stuff. I like a lot of chrome bumper, uh, chrome bumper stuff, like the 70s. Probably the seventies, eighties era.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, say again with the Bluebird. It's it's an eighty-one, yeah. but it's chrome bumper.
0: Yeah, it's carrying chrome bumpers yeah. into the. It's 80s. a chrome bumper car yeah, that no. carried
1: into the eighties, um, yeah, no. and it's so just they that, don't
0: get high enough regard for that that alone. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's yeah. one of the
1: last chrome bumper cars around that was yeah. you know in the eighties. So unless you you know the only other thing would be an early Commodore.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, money no objects. i and I'm not really. I, 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 can, I, I mean, like... you're, you're the bloke
0: that sold a house that went, oh, what am I going to buy? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, 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 yeah that that was imagine, fortunate. That, imagine that version on steroids, you know.
1: Um, I've always, like, I wouldn't own, I like Phase 3 Falcons and things like that, but yeah. I would never own one. So it's not a car I'd own yeah. because I don't, I, I, I want to be able to drive it.
0: Would you have owned the one with all the mods? Yeah. And not restored it?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't restore it. Fuck. I'm you. not a restorer. I'm not I'm not no, I'm but, not into the, period but that correct.
0: One, but that one that came up, like that yeah. really needed the right person. I'm
1: you not know. into period correct. No. Nah. Um that's just not my thing. And they I did. can appreciate look, I can appreciate a restored car. Oh,
0: I'll but, take this conversation and buddy if Simo's listening, he'd, he'd get on the soapbox too. You know, yeah. like but there's enough versions of period correct cars.
1: You can go to any given car show in any given town in <laughs> Australia. <laughs> and see a million W X Y. take but, your pick, a GT Falcon, and you will see a million period correct ones. Orange, red, brief,
0: green Falcon. yeah. yeah and, and this one's be, got five sliders. that one's running 12 Yeah, sliders yeah. Well. Oh, that one's
1: got air conditioning, this one's got yeah. windows. Look at the paint. it's got all the factory paint yeah. dots. And the thing that kind of makes me laugh a little bit with with the, the resto guys and the purist kind of thing, these cars weren't that good. No. When they were built. No. They were built and they were sent out in the production line like any other mass-produced to, bit of you kit. Know, you really
0: needed to want to own a fucking GT to buy one because, not because they were dear, just because there was so much shit you could buy. And they were you know?
1: fast and, and they were built to be driven hard. Yeah. They weren't, there, and I, I can't understand people that are taking out a second mortgage to buy a H O and then put it in your garage and don't use it. No. So for me... Um if I was money was no object, I would probably go with like an XE Falcon. Yep. With a Cleveland and a four speed, not an ESP, just a nice clean car that I can put my baby seat in the back and I can put my partner in and we can just go for a weekend drive.
0: Yeah.
1: I I'm pretty simple. I really would like to do an F truck at some point. Yeah. Um purely because I could put a blown Cleveland in it and have it under the bonnet line.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking you could put a bench seat in it and shove the little dale yeah, in got a, it. Yeah, I've got a thing <laughs> for it. <I'll laughs> got a... I'm going to shove little Reese in the middle. I do
1: have you a thing work. for the um, <laughs> column change automatic. So, yeah, the big bench seat would, would work for get the boy, having him. Get the boy yeah.
0: working the shifter.
1: Yeah, he's already uh, he's already into
0: anything with wheels on it,
1: so he's done. Oh mate, um,
0: yeah, we're going cool. to get into that later too yeah. cause I really want to dig deeper into that daddy yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. because you got the smiliest little baby I've ever seen, mate. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be a down moment, but got got to be a couple. So we'll dig deeper into the house a bit later. We've got a few words of wisdom, I suppose, just on a bloke who's carried himself in, in like well in business, at least, because you've said contracts come and go, but you still get you, know, you get offered back work that you've lost on the way through. Yeah. So clearly, I suppose, I mean, I, I laugh. I used to say the word grace, and it's got a real weird religious flavour when you use the word grace. But grace, I just see, as minimising your impact on fucking people around you. Like, just not being that pain in the ass and that arsehole yeah but I suppose, yeah you know, so that's probably automatically I know that you carry that value, but yeah my
1: words of wisdom to anyone would be um don't don't listen to people um there there's a lot of people out there that'll tell you you know not to do this, not to do that um some of it's well intentioned but misguided. yep um there's People out there that just don't want to see it succeed either. So and that's a, that comes from jealousy. So my yeah. kind of one of my words of wisdom is, you know, go with your gut. Always yeah. go with your gut. I've yeah. I've had gut feelings and, and on big decisions I've made in life, yeah. and I've had a gut feeling and I haven't gone with it.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's turned out that I should have gone with what my gut said. So yeah, no, that's like probably it. one thing. Um and you know, when it comes to building cars in particular, yeah. there's always gonna be someone who wants to bag what you've done or how you've done it or how you've approached or it's not what they do or just build. If you're building a car, build it for you. Yep. Don't build it for an audience. Um, don't build it for approval of others. Yeah. Yeah, stick with what you want to do. And, you know, in generally in life, I work on the, the playground principle. I treat people the way I want to be treated. Yeah, you know, I don't go out of my way to do the right thing by people. I just treat people with respect, yep. and if they, if the respect comes back, then great. And if it doesn't, I just won't have anything to do with them. Yeah, Pretty simple. No,
0: brilliant. Well, it's a bit of a capper on gut instinct, you know. You probably could have got highly paid accommodation, and fucking you might have got a spa room or anything tonight. Instead, you're sitting in Castellet de Moses and uh, we'll have a bit of a look around. What do you feel when you're sitting in here, mate? It's actually I'd prefer to be, to be honest. Yeah, no, yeah. beautiful, because it's what one bloke by himself can live like. I've done enough sterile hotel rooms to last me a <laughs> lifetime. Anyone else, we won't get too descriptive. you got to come here and visit me yourself to find out what it looks like. But, Absolutely. Uh, no, it's been a pleasure to have you. But, again, when a bloke, you know, wants beyond 650 kilowatts at the rear wheels of his Falcon can then turn around and smile his head off in a Bluebird fucking station wagon... Uh, that's a pretty rounded view, mate, I reckon. And the
1: funny thing about the Dado is <laughs> that it's the most fun car I've owned. Yeah. I've owned some quick cars in the time, yeah. but the Bluebird just puts a smile on my face when I turn the key.
0: Yeah, no, I love that, Scotty. That's a beautifully rounded Neville 8, but I've got a feeling that we're going to have a couple more drinks, maybe a couple more of Danny Dave's shots, and then get back to uh, looking at the latest magazine. Yeah, i it sitting here, right here. What are we? Are we August. Yeah, August
1: 2020,
0: that'll be, 2022. That'll be in my letterbox waiting for me when I get home. Mate, that cover car. Just a, a little bit of a segue, but yeah. uh, I was—I I lost my mind on that at Motor X, and I never noticed that it had the GDR rocker covers on it, which is so blatantly yeah. obvious in the spread. So
1: it was a um. I went to Motor X again. Supposed to that was supposed to be a family day, but I got called out. Yeah. Just lucky I was called out right near Motor X, so yep. I just ended up getting in there and having a look. And yep. that car is immaculate.
0: Yeah. I, really well put the together. The color, the paint, yep. it just blew my mind. But again, didn't look enough at to see what was on the rock covers. So yeah, stay tuned, people. Well, here's Moses and we're back from uh, tuna and fucking mushroom fucking pasta night and it's been awesome, but I'm sitting here with Scott Kenny and the amount of conversations that are going on that just, I don't know, nearly give you chills for, for a bloke that's got himself sorted. And I'll announce to you right now that I've got the current issue here, which is our August 2022 street machine, which I didn't open because I knew this bloke was coming. So I thought, let's imagine you've been to the news agents, you've got straight in your fucking car, you've driven down there to just go and go through the mag with your mate and go, what do you like, what don't you like? But Scotty's just launched into me with, I think it was a top 10 of his favourite street machine builds and the reasons behind it. And I thought, that's fucking got to be content. So sorry for putting you on the fly, Blake. <laughs> no, that's all right. No problem. <laughs> let's, go through, let's go through your favourite street machine builds and the reasons behind them, you know, while well, I grab another fucking drink.
1: <laughs> uh so Chris Christie's XY um with the Bridgestone Eager ad, the uh Real Van Smoke Eagers campaign, but even before. I feel that, like
0: the ad locked that car in too. The ad know. locked
1: the car in. Um it was a it was a GT, he wasn't afraid to drive it. Um yeah. I can't remember the last time I've seen an XY driven in angle like that. Um, you know, most blokes that own XY GTs now just Drive them to a concourse meet and park and them and look at them.
0: Oh, mate, burn out. Pete's got an XY paddock, basher at the moment. Yeah. That'd make people cry. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I know someone who cut an XY up and turned it into a couch just because it had a bit of rust in the boot floor. So, yeah. you know, those sort of things don't happen. But that car, at that time, yeah. That's what that's what they were built for. So I really yeah. I really like that. And the fact that it's a clean car too, even when he's not skidding it, it's not a bad looking bit of
0: kit. Yeah, well even now if anyone that's got in phase three is probably earning fucking $700,000 a year and yeah. they wouldn't drill a skid in that car. Yeah, know? so
1: to see an XY get driven the way it should be is, is pretty awesome. Yep. Um Howard still Rock Solid, the original are uh, rock solid and rock solid two. Yep. Um, what I like about those cars is even now I think that car holds its own as far as engineering is yep. concerned. And the, what I really respect with Howard, uh, and I had a chance to meet him at Motorex. Oh, I was going
0: to say it's a really good opportunity. Yep. I hope we breach into this.
1: Um, Howard, I, I've, I'm a bit late to the party on Howard Astle's channel, um, but I had a chance to meet him at Motorex, just re- a real chance meeting in the coffee shop, actually. I just struck up a conversation with him about... Uh, not so much about his cars, but more about the fabrication and the work that he puts in.
0: But he'd already agreed to meet you at some of that. Yeah, we'd
1: had a bit of a a brief chat, but I actually just bumped into him while I was getting a coffee. Yeah. The fact that he can turn out elite-level show cars with a Transmig welder that he bought in 1980, um, you know, it's not about what you've got in your shop. It's just Mm. about how you go about the work. And the fact that the rock-solid build, oh, I talked to him a lot about that initial build because he did that at home in his garage with a belt sander.
0: Yeah. but um, you were saying earlier that, like, Tough Street would have been your category. That's the shit you love. Yeah, Tough Street and, and is kind of And his build's turned you into that other section. I've always been
1: a Tough Street sort of uh, fan of that sort of, you know, just a really tough street-driven car that you can take to drags, run quick times, and it's just an angry bit of kit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I like to see these guys pushing the limits of what they can get registered. Yep. But in my the last probably three or four years, the elite level builds, I'm really from a fabrication engineering point of view, I can really appreciate yeah. the
0: work these guys put in. And we spoke further on the Peter Sharp HQ as well for the phenomenal build that car yeah. was, you know.
1: Yeah. Like- um there's some been some real quality cars. I'm not so much into into big shop builds, but there's been some really high quality show cars that have been turned out the last few years by blokes just having a go on their own. Yeah, and you can just you can really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, Um, love that.
1: So that, that's why I really admire Howard's work. And another another honourable mention in my top ten would be uh, Rock 4, the yeah. fair lane that Howard built for the Street Machine Giveaway, just purely because he did that as an individually constructed vehicle.
0: Yeah, that compact fair at line. the
1: time, that running gear was one of the first, if you watch his podcast, it was one of the first, uh, his YouTube channel, sorry, that was one of the first Ford small block 302 Windsors into the country. So even Ford Australia didn't have the wiring down pat for that car. Yeah. And here he was trying to, trying to do that conversion. So it was a really interesting sort of build, and I, I, I admired it at the time, and I still think it's a good-looking car even now.
0: Yeah, no, and I love that. And I love that Howard's come to us in this time. And he's, yes. he's, he's so accessible on YouTube. And, you know, you were saying before you kind of know who might have been the driving force behind his presence. Yeah, so um
1: I think I think Dale is uh he's the guy that he does the, the videos with is kind of sort of helping him with the with the video stuff and, and he's got a lot of knowledge to share and he's he's really quite an
0: interesting guy to watch. Yeah, no a massive shout out to Dale in that because yeah, we, we needed this.
1: Yeah, you yeah. Know,
0: we're celebrating our heroes. But the fact that Howard's just walking yeah. car shows and giving his opinions, you know, it's 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 captivating for
1: And like Howard's known, obviously as a Ford guy, that's what he builds, but um, he transcends brands yeah. and it's, it's workmanship and engineering. Yeah, you
0: can he, talk to Adsons with him.
1: You can talk anything with him. <laughs> uh, I, um, I'm also a fan of, of, of his lawn. His, yeah, yeah. Uh, his lawn work he does on his YouTube channel is pretty good too. So, you know, like it's just he kind of transcends it, the mates and it's just the workmanship. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's, he's just... A really good sort of guy, and he's pretty down-to-earth and really approachable and, and not, not a secretive bloke when it comes to, to techniques and things like yeah.
0: that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, at 53, it's a good time to be me because we're celebrating all those guys, those yeah. guys that made yeah. me buy fucking magazines and now. We're sort of yeah you know, celebrating our heroes, and it's um, good culture. But. Yeah,
1: that's right. My probably other highlights would be, uh, I think it's Alan Cooper with the blowback, You the original blowback, not blowback 2. Yeah. Um, I like the paintwork. Yeah. on that car. I love the twin taillights, and the reason oh, he mate. did the, the twin taillights on it was because it had that Cadillac rear subframe. It was too wide, yeah, so yeah, they put another they skin on the U. It. And, you know, just that twin taillight thing, um, the, the front uh, headlight covers on it, the Camaro well, style front headlight covers that match the grille. Yeah. I think that was just a really class car for its time.
0: Well, I think this is a great time to capture some fucking raw emotion, I reckon. Yeah. Because if you, you haven't seen this magazine, you're no. a subscriber?
1: Yeah, I'm a subscriber. it be in the mailbox waiting for me at home when I get Well, I'm going to have
0: to take you to the current expression session and see what you believe about that. Because I've, just to catch raw fucking views, this is Aiden's work in the latest magazine, mate. Blowback 3. And this is like, I said to Scotty earlier, we'd try and do this, but this is almost like you've bought the magazine, you've headed to your mate's place, going, what do you think of this? Well, I've just shown him the uh, expression session feature by Aiden on Blowback 3, which is, again, clearly just graphic art that looks like a car that's been built or something that should be built. And this bloke, yeah, big fan of Blowback. That's probably the best way Um, to catch an emotion.
1: Massive fan of it. I'd love to see it built. Yeah. I'd love to see that.
0: How is his art?
1: I, I like I'm not a holden guy at all, but yeah. I can appreciate the engineering um that goes in and the fit and finish that goes into these cars. Yeah. That would be an amazing build.
0: But those renders like for the quality yeah. that goes into them for the cat you know, the detail. And there's,
1: there's hours of work just in the render.
0: Oh. Yeah. Purely, purely. Yeah. We've actually got Aiden coming up in an episode which actually might be out before this episode airs, but um just about his process because I need to know more. I look at that and I need to know why that's not a car and how many hours he spends yeah. to make that a car, you know.
1: It's, um, yeah, that is an amazing uh, build, that.
0: Yeah, so if you haven't got August 2022 Street Machine, go get yourself a copy yeah, you and turn straight mate. to a page 131 or 3.
1: Yeah, because yeah. that is a, uh, that's a great build, like a modern iteration of blowback. Even the
0: wheels, are they like an oversized international?
1: They are really solid... It's a really solid build, though.
0: You, uh, you've nailed that one, Blair. Well played. Well played, indeed. Yeah. Uh, well, again, like it's... You know, again, now we're into our fucking rough Street Machine review, which won't match all our categories for top car, but I'm going to just open the book and give Scotty a look. But broadcast, I'll just read the brief, but uh, you can win $2,500 two cash just for having your say, so check out the weiss Modi finalists. What do you think of weiss Modi, mate? That's been a good turn, hasn't it, um, for the kids?
1: I, I like... I like a lot of the stuff. Um, I was a bit disappointed, actually, a couple of weeks ago. uh, They put a young bloke up who had a Subaru, not sure, I think it was an Impreza from memory, um, on Instagram for the Weiss, matey, and he was just a young gun, you know, having a go. So he'd rescued this Subaru out of a paddock. Obviously, it was his first car. He's 13 years old, mind you. Yeah. They've rescued this Subaru out of a paddock. He's rebuilt the motor. I'm just going off memory of the story. Yeah, he's rebuilt the motor and got this thing on the road and cleaned it up, and obviously that's a, that's an achievement. It's sort of 13, 14 years old. Oh yeah, and I just I, I don't like the comments on on social media, but I, I happened to look at the comments, and yeah, there was a guy there um, who obviously has uh, a blown. street car and, and, you know, fair play to him. And he was like, what is this crap doing on Instagram? It's it's street machine, not Subaru Impreza World or whatever. And I just thought it was a bit of a derogatory sort of takedown. And I'm not one to really comment, but I couldn't help myself. And I just sort of said, I think you've missed a point. Like, it's about a young kid having a crack.
0: Yeah.
1: It doesn't really matter. And Chick Henry, I'll never forget him saying this, that anything can be a street machine. Yeah. And he's right. I know Street Machine and the Street Machine movement's build around muscle cars and Australian muscle cars, yeah. uh, a lot of American stuff as well. But, you know, I mean, I've got a Datsun. Is it a Street yeah. Machine? No. Is it fun to own and fun to work
0: on? Yeah, I love it. Is it a machine um, that rolls on the street? Hell, yeah, it is. It's got yeah. Simmons's on it and and it looks cool.
1: Street yeah. Machine over the years, particularly in the 80s, featured a lot of Jap stuff. Oh. They featured a lot of Rotaries. They featured uh, that Gemini, that... Um, the one, a lot of stuff at Sumner. Yeah. for it's graphics. Six I can't remember.
0: You know, yeah, six everywhere. cylinder Holden, six yeah. cylinder
1: Fords. But there's been a wide mix of cars. Anything can be street machine. Yeah. So a Subaru is not my
0: taste either. But yeah. you've got to appreciate a young kid. And you can't push people out because, I mean, street machining. We've seen it has become a community. Like yeah, you know, we through through the movement through everything. Like we've got a real community running, and it's yeah. not fair to drop people out of that community because they like. Fucking something you don't like. You know, well, the reality
1: not, is, I've been yeah. I've been a young kid with no money. Yeah. I worked with what yeah. I could afford. Now this is a young fella. He's had a crack with a Subaru. Absolutely, that's fair play to him because the car was available and, and it was a means to him. Well, I saw one it.
0: turned away a Subaru wagon at a local cars and coffee event because mm. they had two car parks and rather than let him in the main part, they sent him to the 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 alternate park. Yeah. And as it came past me, it had the chopped fingers on it. Yeah. So, he's clearly a follower of the Mighty Car Mods boys. Yeah. And therefore, he's out with his pride and joy. And all of a sudden, they've stopped him at the main gate and seen him up at the top of the hill. You know, yeah. we've all got to learn a little more. And I love, like, we're sitting there over tea and we're talking, yeah, you know, you're talking, buddy, 650 kilowatt, buddy, BFs, and the mate's young bloke wants to turbo his buddy Ute and all the rest of it. But he's building a classic fucking Chrysler Colt. Yeah, And, you know, you've got a bluebird, and the bluebird makes you just as happy, you know? Yeah, yeah but,
1: absolutely. I don't think... I think it's... You, you, anything... It it shouldn't be restricted to a I feel like I'm so boxing
0: again, but the moment those fucking poor manners come out to play, then I'm just fucking... Oh, just, there. hang I on.
1: What I can't cop is... <laughs> Um, Just ripping a bloke because he's got a Subaru, like, so what? He he likes it. It's it's what makes him happy. Yeah. Uh, I can appreciate the work he's put into bringing a car out of a paddock and getting it on the road. And he it may have, it have the orders. next
0: fucking sleet. He may have the next custom. You it, just need to embrace maybe, that Maybe guy, that kid know?
1: wants a blown HQ, but he can't afford it. Yeah. So he
0: started with this, yeah. and but, good on him. But don't meet him with what you love. Meet him with what he loves.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Fuck yeah. like, it. Fuck yeah.
0: Fuck yeah. Yeah. There's going to be plenty of these fuck yeah moments in this episode, I reckon. <laughs> now, I'm opening up at the contents page because that's normally where you go and go, well, I haven't got much time to kill. But that, i am got to say, marked as page 34, that fucking Tirana.
1: Yes. Um, I was... Yeah, I'll, the build quality on this thing is unbelievable. I
0: was gobsmacked at Motor accident. Yeah. It was only the colour and the paint. I was just walked around at videoing it and realised I barely looked in the engine bay of that car.
1: They, yeah, there I didn't. Is. Um, I didn't look in the engine bay either because it was eighteen deep trying to get in there. Yeah. Um,
0: but it was just. You should have come Sunday. I'll be saying no one came Sunday. Yeah, I know, <laughs> you know, you Sunday mate. Everyone we wanted to see were there on Saturday. But the uh
1: <laughs> just the fabrication work, particularly the uh, the engine covers around under the bonnet, um, I think that's just really good work.
0: Yeah. And, and it, let's just say, I didn't even notice the GTR, but he king it. Yeah,
1: covers. yeah.
0: But the gold in the wheels, like, just to cut the wheel colour, you know, it's just there's something about that car that makes it precious.
1: I think this is a car you can kind of walk around probably 10 times and not pick up everything that's been done to Yeah, it. let's... Yeah. Um, the... Even the exhaust cutouts in the quarter panels, you know, it, the way it's all been
0: done, it's very well finished. Well, I find with. that in videos too at the moment. Like if I'm walking around video and there's so much less of a show I get to be at, you know, yeah. and you and I could have sat here tonight just talking into the small hours about everything and I just keep and thinking. the oh, fact oh, that this oh, thing has oh, got oh. a paddle shift
1: gearbox and, and runs aircon and PST steer and all that sort of stuff's been engineered into it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it really, it's a credit to the guys that put it together. It really is. They've done a really great job on it.
0: Yeah, you know, and real pretty car in the flesh, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, you know, what else is on the contents page that we need to go and that um, I mean, this is totally not like our normal six pile that we do on our mag review for Sunday school, but I reckon this is a mo- just a moment. Um,
1: this Corolla wagon on page 42 is... Oh, yep, yep. Uh, I mean, I, was, I saw this at Materials as Now, I know Matty's
0: well. Waters mate's got one that's nowhere near as tidy. Yeah. But is it Summonats rolling it and
1: Yeah, loving it? have a go. like, yeah. and, that, and that's what Summonats is about, jumping in and having a go. And and that, out is a that is
0: a celebration of things like that. I yeah. mean, you probably can't buy one of them wagons like you could buy one 30 years ago either. Like, I don't know what your entry they, point we is. We
1: bash one of these into oblivion but probably 25 years ago yeah. when I <laughs> was
0: younger. Well, what do you reckon the entry, entry point would be on a build like that? Like... How much you got to pay to have one of them little wagons, a half tidy, ready to go? Uh,
1: look, you know, I've seen some uh some pretty clean stock Scandi cars with twenty thousand dollar price tags. In yeah, well,
0: that's what I'm thinking now too, because I'm not watching the market. And for many these. of them,
1: you know, like a lot of Japanese stuff in particular, it got thrashed and bashed. By everybody, and then send to the crusher because they were, they, you know, they're worth nothing. And now, you know, yeah. wind the clock forward now, and then you don't see them on the road, and people are, are trying to buy them and pay big money for them. Yeah,
0: it. what's he sporting in this little hot rod? Um, it's wagon.
1: got a 3SGE beams Toyota motor in it, which is uh, it's a pretty cool conversion. Um, yeah.
0: You what know, would they come out in? Because I'm not necessarily I'm really tuned sure. in.
1: Sure, don't quote me I mean, body. we'd have to. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's out of the Lexus IS two hundred.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No so, car because I've played them in bloody getaway and fucking a few video games. Yeah. I've driven IS two hundreds.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> IS two hundred. Yeah, beams turbo engine. It's a it's a really again a really well put together car.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the fit and finish on this was amazing as well. It was really really nice. And where
0: were you walking around?
1: Oh, this was at Motorex. Oh, yeah,
0: that yeah. It was up
1: in the. I think it was the unveil hall they called it. Yeah. The right hand side there, as you walked in. Yeah. Well, I don't know
0: how it didn't pull me over. Yeah. yeah, we were definitely there. Check I'm it. pretty
1: sure I listened podcast, to a podcast. Uh, gutter to gutter have done a podcast with oh. these guys at Image Conversions yeah. that, that were responsible for a lot of the work on this vehicle. With
0: yeah. Shout out Gutter to Gutter Podcast too if you're listening to yeah, podcasts. Yeah, shout out to,
1: to uh, Shonky and, uh, and Heath, are good guys. So, yeah, yeah, good shit, right? yeah, great great shit. Uh, great blokes, good podcasts. Um, yeah. Come from the area I grew up in, so yeah, yeah, no, yeah get involved. well played boys.
0: We're going to drop an hour and a half every two fucking weeks and we've got no threats, you know, everyone yeah. just get involved in whatever's there.
1: Um, but yeah, the, the, that car was well turned out and yep. again... You know, a Corolla that's a shoker. Yeah. It, it just proves that thing. Anything can be a street machine. Yeah. And it's an, it's an elite-level build. There's no question.
0: No, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Rolling, 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 rolling. On it's plates. Yeah. Yeah, and my daughter got her first Corolla and said, they see me rolling. <laughs> so, yeah, no, good references. I'm going to have a bit of a look now, and I reckon I'm going to maybe take us to, oh, I'm torn between the hot tub time machine. And use the force, but I reckon we're going to page 88 for the hot tubbed time machine. And I don't know, I, I will have a whole lot less to say about this other than the fact I just looked at the pictures and the contents and went, wow. Um, but it reminds me a bit of Joe Ferruja's Purple Holden, which I've posted. Jordan Lee shot the photos. So that one little photo in the uh, contents page that dragged me in, my 71. Now I do know a bit more about that car because it was in a minor... Feature earlier, but it's definitely HQ.
1: It's a um, the graphics and the big big wheels, just yeah, that's um, that's old school pro street every day of the week. Love yeah.
0: it. sporting the HJ single headlight front. HZ yeah, but the blinkers shaved off it, though, it, it Looks a, awesome. But to know it's HQ, yeah, well, even the shaved blinkers aren't yeah. instantly fucking noticeable. Nice, no, it takes a yeah. second look to, to point <laughs> that
1: out. But just the graphics, yeah. um, the fact it's got center lines on it, um. Yeah, that, that's, that's tough. Yeah, I like that. That's
0: stupid tough with a bit of yeah. graphics and, yeah, again, it <laughs> pulls us back into our 8.1, 8.2 episodes just yeah. discussing graphics and 90s culture.
1: And your, um you know, like your pro street, those early 90s pro street cars yeah, with yeah. the wild graphics and, and big tubs.
0: Yeah, it's one tail light short too, I reckon, because it should have the triple the triple Triple light lights yeah, like, like a bumper uh, and It uh, like Bam Bam's, uh, <laughs>
1: Bam's HQ, wasn't yeah, it? It had uh, the triple lights. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. What are we running in this silver machine, mate? Ah, uh,
1: 331 Chev.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Small capacity, big revs.
1: Yeah, tunnel
0: in. I did say a thing the other week, and it was talk. It was Freiberger talking about uh, blokes in my vintage, yeah. who just can't stop gushing about three twenty sevens because of how much harder they rev. Yeah, you know, which may not be a thing anymore in twenty twenty two, but you know, we're nostalgic as shit for small capacity small blocks. Yeah, but well, I had some made out of two eighty three and an SS hatchback, and everything we plucked out of the car park down the street and took out the road, he fucking destroyed with that car. Like it was incredible, and I remember th- at sixteen going, "Why well, wouldn't it have a three hundred eight in it?" Like I just had that cubic capacity mm. scenario in my brain, but this thing was just a screamer. And I only knew two eighty threes from living in sixty four fucking ballets and shit, yeah. you know, like there. But, nah, cool as, love it.
1: Yeah, it's a um, it's a great car.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's AA all over, mate. We got the fox body. Fox body, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, because yeah. a fox. Yeah, this car saw it at Drag <clears throat> Uh It was amazing. Yeah, great car. Love it.
0: We lost a follower. We lost a subscriber, and everything over the fact that we like Barras, but to see a barra in an American Ford, hell yeah, yeah. I love it. I oh, love it, take it, that it. Every now. day of the week. Yeah. And again, if we don't build cars. There's not lot. There's not a lot we got left to celebrate. This is so cheap. surely we can celebrate a barra. It's
1: actually uh, funny how popular barras are in the US. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, I did stumble across in one of my YouTube rabbit holes, I went down a guy with an XK, well, that era, XKXL $2. falcon in the States yeah, he's got yeah, a four yeah. litre single overhead cam motor that he's building over there.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah, and just, so it's, uh, just maybe really ba- it's maybe
0: backdated the market. They've gone, well hang on, if they built that barrel and what came before Yeah,
1: it? so he's got the single cam motor. Um I couldn't even if I if I find it, I'll post it up on my Instagram. Yeah, um, no, I'll send
0: it through to me. And I'll
1: send yeah. it through to the guys. But yeah, he has got a four litre single overhead cam motor in well, there you the go. Early Girl Falcon and
0: It's only a matter of time before someone's putting a 186 into a fucking Camaro. Well, you never know. (laughs) Shout out Plankman Racing. uh, Yeah,
1: the possibilities are endless, but yeah, the Barra Foxbody thing is um, pretty good. It's real. It's a really nicely presented car too. They've done a good job. They haven't hacked it up too much.
0: I've said it before too, I think, on the Foxbody Mustangs was that no one really took to them, so therefore they were affordable, so therefore they all became...
1: I think they were one of More, those cars, you know? one of those 80s orphan cars where and you, people get pushed out of 70s cars. Like, yeah. You know, the, the people who can't afford.
0: We had an 82 Mustang Gear in, yeah. the, in the car yard, uh, fucking you know? right-hand drive in Ballarat when I was like fucking 19 yeah. and no one wanted it. No one they cared were, that it had the pony on it, you know. No, it was just an unloved car. Yeah. I think
1: what's ha- like, you know, people have been pushed out of XY, XW Falcons because of the price going up. So then they move into XA, XB, and the prices go up. So then those people can't afford that. They move into an XD yeah. or XE, and the prices go up. And then it hasn't really hit the sort of D's yet, but I think maybe depending on what yeah. the economy does. I, maybe want the that'll
0: ALs. Happen. I want the ALs and AFs yep. to move because I think they're a sexy car. I
1: had a 5-litre AL um, once upon a time for yep. them on gear, and it was a great car. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, and no, I just think they're a good look. You know, if people want to rubbish a- AUs for ugly duckling specs.
1: Mate, the AUs have got some sort of celebrity status now. There's that, those guys on Facebook, this the from AUs being drift. Bad Yeah, just from being ugly cars. And the, the, these drift guys have seemed to have got hold of the AUs, so they've got a bit of a... Yeah. Sort of ugly duckling but
0: cool status, absolutely. which is pretty great. No, absolutely. I mean, we could. We're, we're probably going to sit here and talk for fucking small hours about this magazine anyway. But I'm just going to go and see if I can find another one. But page 26, we have got a picture of the Telfo EJ, is it, with a bit of a uh, bit of revamped artwork. You
1: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's all right. I reckon that was the the special EJ. But when you go to page 26, this is like not something that isn't even scheduled. Drawing our interest. Yeah, there we go. We're paying tribute to our artist.
1: Oh, Brendan Akers.
0: Yeah. A lot responsible for
1: a lot of graphics over the years. Yeah, no, that's really good. Cool. Oh, yeah, the Wayne and Vicky.
0: Yeah, so he's passed. Or are we just celebrating the man who's not drawing anymore? I need to know that.
1: passed away earlier this year. Okay. Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah. Yep, yeah. so shout out.
1: Shout out to Brendan Akers and his uh his artwork.
0: Yep, the Wayne and Vicky and the crazy comedy that was fucking tied into it. Because I do remember it being like an integral part of the mag. I look through now and I get to the jokes page and I want to instigate a joke of the, a joke of the issue. Yes, yeah. But I read them all and I go, yeah. I'm like done. I don't know if my yeah. sense of humour is destroyed. But, yeah, it's just I can't get there. It's pretty cool, too, because we're just flicking through the maggots. We're just chatting, and we are going back through. Now we're at the uh, slam dance. Yeah,
1: Summonate someone at Slam. At slam. Yeah, I really wish I could have gone up to that. Would Again, at great.
0: HPR, it was a great turnout, and I'm not saying that from being there. I'm just saying that from how bad I feel for not being there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh, missed out on that one. Monza. Yeah.
0: Monza with the reverse cow. That's a well, uh, different... It's a really odd fucking bonnet on that Monza. What page is that on?
1: That is page 53. It's a silver Monza, do yeah. do the first cow one. Yeah, but it's
0: almost like the cow starts below the normal bonnet line.
1: Twin turbo small block chef. Mm. I've got to say, page 52, halfway down. Uh, yep. George Loras and his barra powered Cortina. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've got
0: a thing for
1: Cortinas. It's, yeah. Yeah. I've got to own one one day. If yeah. That's
0: one I've got to tick it. off. Yeah, we know that TEs are on the start of your list. There's an AU wagon, mate.
1: Yeah, I think that's got an LS in it.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, yeah, because that was a drag yeah. challenge as well, yeah, yeah. W Drag Challenge weekend an AU wagon, yeah, yeah stock w- LS w- with an s 4 a six. Yeah, it did a 990 at 139, so yeah,
0: with both stock LS.
1: Certainly, um,
0: well, that's certainly the tags my heart, strings,
1: mate. HB3.
0: HB on the back wheels, yeah, top of that page. So if you're struggling with the AU, you go to the top of the page. Yeah, top there's a Nearly stand. on its bumper. Yeah, that's it. yeah. absolutely.
1: Yeah, uh, honourable mention in the wheelie stakes. Mm. Uh, page fifty-seven. <laughs>
0: that's next up, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell by the wishbones.
1: Alex Sarratopoulos <laughs> in his XW um, didn't damage it.
0: That's huge because yeah. that has that tires leaving the road on that yeah, wheel yeah. stand.
1: Yeah, uh that's a that is a big wheelie. Oh yeah, and he didn't didn't damage it.
0: No. Four thirty
1: four Cleveland. Wow. Yeah, that's
0: impressive. That's a big climb in a Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't I wouldn't have liked to have been in it when it came down. That's for sure.
0: Ah, uh, shit, Skids. Yeah. Where's this at? mad skids page. We are that slam burnouts. Yep. Oh, yeah, same venue. Yeah. So, again, at Heathcote, on the other side, from where the track is, that shit's going off.
1: Yeah.
0: And I know, like, they were set up for your Sunday afternoon burnout, guys. So there's a gravel pit. Yeah. And there's a rough little bit strip with a few tyres thrown around, but they're really trying to build that side out of Heathcote. So,
1: Hasn't that come a long way, like, You look at the early brute horsepower VHS videos back in the day of Summonats and it was just bolt on a set of stoppers onto a you know a HQ or an XY and do a bit of a skid and off into the sunset. Now it's either rims or rods, yeah, and they're they're purpose built cars. And (laughs) what you think
0: that's a burnout? You ever been to Australia?
1: Yeah, like yeah, we
0: we are now like nearly globally renowned.
1: Yeah, and you know guys like Lynchy that just. Bring burnout drives. I see Lynch's car
0: level. virtually every day in Ballarat. Like if you wanted to see it, Lynch's car tomorrow in Ballarat, mm-hmm. you would see it, and I could tell you where to go and see it sitting there at the front of a workshop in Ballarat. Unbelievable! It's so cool that it's so close to home. And yeah. then Clarkie talks about because Lynchy only lives up the road from him. Yeah, right. So Clarkie's boys have always gone Lynchy's house, you know, yeah. <laughs> like they just like it, it's um, legend in the force.
1: Just come such a long way to burnouts.
0: And um, another again, another guy I've yet to shake a hand with.
1: Yeah, yeah, and from all reports, really top bloke as well. So, yeah, um, yes, yeah, I'm not. I'm not much of a burn-out guy, but I can certainly appreciate the growth of the sport and the fact that it's accessible to people as yeah. well. Like you don't need a big dollar car to do a skid.
0: Nah, no. we flicking um, past this hatchback because it's silver. I just want to know because um, you know, I mean, we're probably fifty-fifty on loving and eight and silver.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can take or leave silver. It depends on the car.
0: I can take a hatchback without flares. Yep. Yeah. Still going um, if they're staunch and they're not flared. I fucking.
1: I kind of do like a L. I'm not again not a Holden guy, but I do like a LH Tirana with no add-ons, no oh. wing, no spoiler, no flares, just the just that body.
0: Yeah, rectangle um, headlights just to prove it's LH. Yeah, yeah,
1: mm. yeah, yeah. I, I prefer the rectangle headlights to the circular. To be honest.
0: I love that one that yeah. I saw the LH 454 that was at our swap meet. Yeah. It's B45s, and he's had the thing since he was a fucking like since 30 years or whatever yeah. he built that car. But the fact that it's still running rectangle headlights with bubble guards with all the cool shit, although it yeah, was Beauchamp Champ Burgundy wasn't in the LX fucking paint scheme fucking catalogue either.
1: Um, actually, shout out to Kit up in Canberra that runs uh, Gentech Performance or mm. um, well, used to be involved with Gentech. I'm not sure if he still is. He's got Rob Champ's VL. Um, with a twin turbo motor in it, and that car's still alive and still as beautifully finished it as it ever was. Wow. Yeah, kids did some work on cars for me over the years when I was in Canberra, and I actually fixed his air conditioner in his race car trailer.
0: He's holding onto that car like a piece of art. He
1: is, and uh, it's just a beautifully presented car, and... Uh, Kit's someone who takes a lot of pride in his work, so yeah. it's just a real credit to him that he's he's kept the car immaculate and raced it.
0: But and if he takes such pride in his own work, the fact that he loved that car probably yeah. gives it an extra trophy that it never got in the day. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's just a um, it, it's just a beautifully turned out motor car, mm. and that to to see something that's still as good as it was thirty years later. Yeah, and you know you when that car hit the scene, VLs are brand new, so. Yeah, it would have been, it took some balls to cut a VL up and, and yeah. turn that into a pro street. Absolutely, yeah.
0: because, I mean, you build one now and you get all the renown, but to build them when they're so close to fresh.
1: Well, so it'd be like wheeling a VF out of the showroom when it was brand new and chopping yeah. it up, turn into a pro street. Like, yeah. You know, you'd sort of think, Jesus, what's
0: going on there? But, and again, now that we're flicking through, where are we? Uh, the, Sydney.
1: The Sydney Hot Rod and Custom Auto Expo. Now, i Oh, I've already Sydney. put
0: up a post for there too because in. the misled youth guys were there.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's always. This is always a good event. There's always some great motorcars around. Um,
0: there was some really good coverage came out of it too from people who yeah. were up there. There's a hatch. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice. That's a nice hatch. Uh, Triple Hlx l 3
0: Ad- Adrian Hayes, we're giving you a shout out, mate, in the world of customs. You're just fucking yeah, stamping your foot. It stands
1: right out. <laughs> there. It's really well built.
0: The fit and finish looks pretty good. What's the I've page been... number there? Uh, there?
1: That's uh, 79.
0: Page 79, top, top right right-hand corner. corner. Check yeah. that shit. Yeah. Fuck. Ah. But that's not why I'm here.
1: <laughs> Actually, the Crawford Hills Impala, mm. middle of the page, uh, top low rider. Yeah. yeah. The wire wheels, just... Again, it looks like an awesome show car. Oh, Noah bloke it's the got a 65
0: Corvair thinking about going down the low rider path. Yeah. <laughs> Noah bloke. I think Chris Kelly's got his hands on one.
1: Well, well good luck to him, mate. <laughs> it's a bloody rare thing. He goes to miss those guys there. Yeah,
0: there they are. Yeah. Young Wilson there. Yeah. Like Aaron there. Aaron spent Aaron and I spent all our spare time wet rubbing my car while old mate had no other jobs that we needed to do. Yeah. But no, nah, shout that lad out all the way. Actually, while you're glancing for a moment, just keep talking about what photos you're seeing, but
1: Yeah. Oh you- this um this Minaro, uh I hope I get your name right, mate, Joven uh Batar. He's from Canberra, this is a Canberra car, that Pro GTS. Yeah. Ah. Um, oh, yeah. I saw that at Motorx. I saw it at Summonats too, and it was yeah. just an amazing, again, well-finished motor car, but i have to shout out it because it's a camera
0: car. Yeah, Aaron Devlin gifted me this. Oh, yeah. The Nash gets the gash. Nasher. The Nasher Custom the hand, He painted it all out and handed it to me as a present. Yeah. And he took a photo that won the Mugulu Art Prize. But he used to do a little bit of painting and striping. It's yeah. not what he does now, but he stepped outside of his comfort zone and painted that toolbox for me.
1: Yeah, good one. <laughs> yeah,
0: unbelievable. I love it,
1: mate. Yeah, there's... um. That's I
0: love a, that car too, that Continental Mark II. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can Mark really Killing.
1: appreciate the fit and finish on uh, some of these.
0: But that Monaro, when AO and I walked around, though, that is just a killer car. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And then, again, this is what I was saying about being living in Canberra. Yeah. You see these cars that come out at certain times of year with ACT plates on them, and you're like, where, have you, where has this been all this time?
0: Did you look at the man, Sweeto, Silver X Dub Falcon?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Was he there? Yeah. Was Jason there?
1: Uh, no, I didn't see him there, but um, that car, again, is a really well turned out bit of kit.
0: Though. I was gobsmacked by the humility of the bloke. He didn't, yeah. He didn't expect the response. He's just building a car for himself the way he wanted to build it yeah. and then he didn't expect it to be so highly regarded you know which I love bumping into them guys
1: He's um, um it was, I had a good look over that car at Summon I managed to get in to the top 60 when it wasn't that busy and yeah, it's really nice really well finished
0: It's at 35 roads to pick out I know 36 they've based it around but that's cool those in steel it's scratched me hot, hot rod but he itch and this was only just finished, this coupe. Um, oh, he
1: drove it up from Melbourne. Sean. There you go, yeah. Sean Hammond, shout out to Sean Hammond, page 83. Yeah.
0: Built it in fucking short, record amount of time, from what I've heard.
1: Yeah, spindle-mounted front runners. Yeah. No interior, no roof, no side glass, and he drove it from Melbourne like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mate, balls of steel, old mate, I good on you. love that too. Yes.
0: Aaron's buddy, Aaron's FB. SB wagon. wagon. Yeah. yeah. No, cool to see. He's done a heap of work on that too. I asked him for a random post and he's not that guy that really reaches out, but he ended up sending me photos of it with the front end out of it because they had fucking subframe rust and everything it could end with. Yeah. So it was already a popular car. Yeah. Now it's struggling from issues that normal cars have. Yeah. You know, that's he right. was sort of a bit, but he but he became really sharing. But he was the one who said to me, yeah, don't be afraid to grab the, grab the grinder and delve deep. Yeah, that was like a bit of a word of wisdom go, thing know, yeah. from him before a Never Late podcast even happened. This car just—I'm—I'm I'm looking at it upside down.
1: Oh, the forty-one Willie's page eighty-five. Yeah, Sheep, paint lady, tail Just the dragon. cut on those
0: guards and the bulge on those bloody spats, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. I was, it's, lo- um, I was looking at it upside down, but I already knew. Probably I liked it.
1: Probably one custom car that I. Didn't really appreciate until I was flicking through a streaming magazine a little while back. Is that Cadzilla? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I the more sun. you look at
1: that, the more you see. It. It's an um,
0: amazing well, car. Well, see, there was an initial there was initial version of that too that Billy Gibbons came out with too many ideas and they yeah. said we're better off to build you another car. Yeah. So Mark one of that build actually got sold and came to Australia, and I'm driving. in '94 I was driving me buddy Buick Fifty model coupe up the street because because. Yeah. It was on the Friday night, the mate and I sitting there and we're watching and Saturday night, Um, oh, the Steve Visage show anyway, had a thing and they scrolled past all these cars that are heading to the Grand Prix rally. And one of them was flat black and fucking chopped and I didn't know what it was. But I said to Darren, did you see that? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, we're going to go down the street tomorrow and fucking meet them because they're coming past the town hall. So we went down the street. And as I'm coming down the street, this chopped fucking Cadillac's coming at us. So I've turned, done a U-turn, come up the street, pulled up beside him at the lights, and he looked straight at me. He said, geez, I love your fucking car. I said, settle down. I said, what the fuck's that? So we pulled up. They were going to the lake to do a bit of an exhibition up there, and he pulled up a bit short, and we spoke to him. But he paid paid 100K for this car, and it was all stainless floors and the whole thing, but it was Billy Gibbons' car before Billy had one too many ideas. So that ended up coming to Australia, that 52 chop Cadillac Coop. History behind that. It was that. Mark One of Cadzilla. Yeah, fucking phenomenal.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Where are we at now, actually? Uh, well,
1: well I was actually
0: just having a bit we were chatting, but. Oh, well, it's just two mates hanging out in the fucking lantern. Yeah. There's no expectation. Ah,
1: uh, this used the Force oh, SL style. The Fountain. XL. Yeah. Um, got a bit of a soft spot for the early Falcons. I like the styling.
0: But green, um, green yeah, is nice.
1: Yeah, green is nice. <laughs> um What are we running here? We've got a turbo small block of sorts. Oh,
0: oh yeah, yeah. Three forty
1: seven Windsor.
0: Yeah, that's a big snail oh, too. It's
1: got a decent turbo. <laughs> um It's a bit of poke for an early girl Falcon.
0: Can we bring you back? Like, well, we're just looking through street machine, talking street machine, but that XR build that we connected on with the no radiator in the front and all the shit plumbed into the tub.
1: Oh, with the water-to-air inner cooler and that, yeah.
0: You did something similar back in the day to a Datto?
1: Yeah, fr- a friend a friend of mine's brother had a Datsun 1200 ute with a... Uh, well, it had an FJ20 in it. That got turfed for an SR when the FJ packed it in. Yep. So they put an SR20 in it and um, obviously in a 1200, there's not a lot of real estate in the engine bay. Yeah. So the decision was made to do a stainless steel uh, tank in the back and we ran a water-to-air intercooler that just sort of sat like a washer bottle, I guess, beside the radiator yep. on the uh, passenger side behind the headlight. Yeah. And it was plumbed into a stainless steel tank and that we filled with dry ice.
0: Where was the, just the tank mounted?
1: In the tray. No, the tank was yeah, it's to in thing. the centre of the tray. Yeah. Um, just like behind the rear window. Yep, and just laid
0: it up with the drive. And dry it just ice. had
1: yeah, we just had some stainless steel lines yep. that ran inside the rails, under the cabin floor, up to the engine bait. Yep. And then just had a twelve volt recirculating pump and we used to just fill it with water and then put some ice in it and then just see yeah, it ran that. Yep. Just to get the intercooler as cold as we possibly could.
0: Even on a butt dyno did that car ever before and after. Did that car run without that and then with it?
1: Um, yeah, they slapped it on the dyno and it made, oh, it was a long time ago, it made somewhere around a 400 horsepower mark. It was pretty quick Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was It was a manual. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it, we just, uh, we had to get a the car. They wanted to race it. Um, my mate's brother wanted to race it, so we kind of just went, well, we've got this tank, we've got a bit of stainless, let's bash this together and see what it does. Mm. And it was more of an experiment that just stayed in the car. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it kind of went from there. But, yeah, it's, um, it it, it, it worked, and yeah. it was an
0: interesting sort of little experiment. And that's why I even wrote a note for myself earlier in case I forgot to talk about it, but it's where um, auto crosses over or where aircon crosses over to car production or, you know, like where the things are relatable. Yes. What do I write? I'll find my own fucking notes here, but skinny, carly, disappointing to see, but never late bonus that you hear. Yeah, got that air-con to auto crossover and ute builds. So that was something I wanted to touch on anyway, you know, but about that plumb in the rear of yeah. the Yeah, oh,
1: well, I'm a refrigeration mechanic by trade,
0: and I'm still working in the industry. Yeah, you're working tomorrow. You know, you're yeah, you fucking hungover overnight for a job. Yeah, we had a job at
1: care in Ballarat, so here <laughs> we are. We stay in the night and we'll get back into it tomorrow we'll and yeah. sort it out and get it back on life. I didn't write many customer.
0: fucking notes either to show you that piece of paper. It's got three yeah, things written a lot. on it. That's Couple it. Of lines. I can burn that enough.
1: now. <laughs> um, yeah, but Oh, look, with, with inner coolers and um, water-to-air and heat exchangers. I mean, I work with that stuff every day, so no.
0: you, you learn. Would you take high-end builds? Would you build your own little workshop down the track at some point and just go, well, this is the new Scotty now, bring your fucking killer turbo cars to me and I'll plumb them?
1: I've... um. Being,
0: I uh, know you're comfortable with the mob you're with because they're yeah. really good to you. And, yeah, yeah, the okay, company I work for is really good,
1: but um, would I consider moving into automotive? Yeah, I'd have a crack at it.
0: Yeah, no, there you um,
1: go. There, there's obviously a lot to learn, but yeah, it's certainly there's a bit of crossover with, with inner cools and efficiency and cooling and things. like. I understand a lot of that, so yeah, I work in the industrial cooling like field. Nash
0: that's badge <laughs> Nash Calvinator. Yeah. So, you know, Charles W Nash knew. That You need to know a bit about heating and cooling to be able yeah. to build motor cars.
1: Well, oddly enough, General Motors Holden in Australia assembled go. refrigeration equipment for a period of time. I've actually found... And
0: they went Delco, didn't they? GM was Delco yeah. aligned. Yeah, AC Delco, yeah. Ford was aligned too with another refrigeration company.
1: Yeah, Ford ran a lot of York stuff in their American cars.
0: There you
1: go. Um, but General Motors assembled refrigerators here. I've yeah. actually somewhere... In my archive of photographs of boring work crap on my phone, I've got a General Motors Holden's badged uh cool True. room that I found in uh in a building in Melbourne.
0: Yeah, cool room, That's
1: yeah, cool, eh? with a GMH badge on the on the evaporator. So yeah. Yeah, it, look, there's a lot of there's a bit of crossover with. With my trade and, yeah. and working with motor cars and mechanical stuff, yeah. refrigeration compressors and car engines are not well, I suppose that's, too dissimilar.
0: Maybe that's something I was looking to highlight, but whatever trade you want to do, kids do it. Because, you know, if you go and do a fitting and turning apprenticeship, that can put you straight back into the car game that you love. Yeah. You know, the reason you buy the magazine, you could be working one of those jobs. Um all, yeah, And again, like I say about welders and fabricators, I know they're artists. You know, they're welding up statues in the shed and, they, yeah. and they're going to work all day to weld on fucking trailers.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, like I, I fabricate in copper and aluminium um, and a lot of stainless. And I've, I've just recently learned to TIG weld. And, you know, a lot of the lot of the techniques I learn at, at TAFE I can apply to working on my cars at home. yeah. And I've, I've kind of gone down the road now of instead of employing a panel meter to do my rust repairs, I've just bought myself a welder and gone and done a now welder course and I'll just have yeah, a crack that, at it myself. You and know, that's
0: commendable. And that's nearly inspired a guy at 53 to go and sign up for the same course yeah. locally. Yeah, uh, look, it's it's the best 500
1: that. bucks I've ever spent was going in there and, mm-hmm. and basically... Learning the basics in the first hour of the course was a bit of theory on welding and then going out to the workshop and being given two piles of steel and a welder yeah. and basically a welding teacher saying, just go for it. I
0: want AO to go and do one with me. AO, you there? You listening? Hello? Let's go and sign up for that fucking welding course. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth doing. <laughs> uh, well, we're nearly halfway through this magazine at page 100. I've spotted Matt Lloyd's uh, hot fuzz uh, VK Charger he bought when he was 15.
1: Good on him, so and now, another, that, another young gun, sort of style thing.
0: Yeah, no, Matt's relatively young now at 31. Yeah, they had that car 16 years, but she's an orange Charger, <laughs> looks pretty nasty. Running <laughs> the 390
1: 392
0: Chrysler. LA Chrysler.
1: that's a cool car. It's nice to see something, uh, different.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna shout out the sunroof. Yeah, Uh, you know I would. Yeah, (laughs) anyone else would fill that fucking roof, but no. Praises. There you go, Lions Pride. Oh, there you go. We're going into Bathurst.
1: The Perkins boys with their um.
0: The last one to uh, to win Bathurst.
1: Putting together the uh their race cars, they're doing restos on their race cars. Oh, it's
0: unreal. You're seeing here. a bit. I'm seeing a bit of and shit coming up on marketplace and that now too, injection setups and stuff. Yeah. And I suppose because that tech's not in the not in the not in the sport game anymore. Yeah. It's starting to become more available, but you know, still probably you know eight and a half thousand dollars for an intake. You know that I still can't afford, but we're getting there.
1: Oh, uh, Larry, again, is a great sort of engineering just brain. Um, we,
0: had a, we had a bloke in Ballarat that trained really heavy under Larry and I'm yet to sit down and have a talk with him but he's got a um, business in Ballarat called Auto Projects. So if you had your car and you had no tools and you had a plan, you yeah. can take your car to him and book it into a space and you can do everything you can do and then when you need a hand, he's there to give you a hand.
1: Yeah, that's a, um, that's a really good sort of concept. It's a great to one do to do see that.
0: grow because everyone yeah. had that old mate. I've had that old mate, Gerald, who made that Nasher car for me. Yeah. But those mates are drying up. But the yeah. fact that blokes are building business models off the back of that.
1: Yeah, and and want to pass on a bit of knowledge. Yeah, another uh,
0: guy locally, Gary, same deal. Like he wants to build storage units on one side, workshop space on the other, and lend out tools. Yeah. You know, so, and see Ballarat. Right? You probably don't notice it as much in Melbourne, but there's a whole heap of backyards that have dried up in Ballarat in the last five years. Now there's a unit and a letterbox. Oh,
1: you know? yeah, where I live so we've in Melbourne, had sheds and yeah. now
0: all of a sudden they're all just fucking vanishing.
1: I live in the outer southeastern and suburbs of Melbourne and the, the big houses and the, the acre blocks are just get them bowled over and turn into townhouses.
0: Yeah, um, they urban sprawl. It's urban sprawl—it's everywhere you look. Yeah, well, they Victorian homes now, where they've had the decent backyard to kick the, you know, kick the ball yeah, or cut off bloody... and put the yeah, townhouse yeah, out the back the and put the townhouse yeah. or two in the backyard. And, yeah, so.
1: yeah, it's uh pretty sad that there's probably going to be a generation of Australian kids that don't even know what a quarter acre block is. No,
0: that's it. Yeah. Can't hit a can't hit a tennis ball off the fucking tank uh, or yeah. you know. So there we go. Big feature on Larry. <laughs> Gary Over's champion, no, a Over champion. So there you go. Not quite reading it. Tony Ross's Trick FC Holden scored top overall street machine at the very first Street Machine Nationals in 75. That's a good flashback in the Time Machine article. Yeah. To that big, fat fucking Indies.
1: Fuck. <laughs> indies, eagers. <laughs> <Uyghurs. laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's a cool car. And that's, we've done it before, and AO said it, that'd be a cool car right now. Yeah, triples. Yeah, got
1: the, um, yeah, got the orange wheels on
0: it. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, oh, 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 I dig that.
0: That firewall effect. Yeah. Fuck, what's that ribbed? The firewall. Yeah, ribbed, ribbed to match the top to of the rock To match the fucking cover. rock top of the yeah. rocket cover. <laughs> when, uh, yeah. Now I know whether that's steel and we just welded the lines and filed them into shape. It's got or... the
1: uh, triple Delordos on it. Just so mm. a bit of a shout-out to Dadomia. So I've actually got a set of Delordos that I acquired off him.
0: Fucking uh, John.
1: To go on me Bluebird.
0: John yeah. Sinclair, I'll keep dropping your name.
1: As opposed to uh, the, uh, the Webbers. Yeah. I've got them, uh, he offered them to me for sale and I grabbed them. Yeah, I've got to get them rebuilt and I've got a Dat Rally manifold there. It's sitting ready to go, so I've yeah. just got to get it all soda Shit, blasting I. cleaned up and we'll sort it out.
0: Well, I've got to deal with Dad A Mouse that he's unaware of until he listens to this episode, but if he wants me to stop calling him John Sinclair, he's got to come to me house for a visit. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Breaking news! <laughs> no, that's really cool. That's a great car. Yeah, fly four fifty four sixty nine. Fucking wheels up. That's looking pretty tough, mate. Got the bow tie in the grill. That's a tough one. Like he's here. not a commodore it'll left to cop some shit, but you know.
1: Yeah, the the shed badge where it's deserved.
0: Yeah, but and again, Simo will fucking vouch for this. But we know when they were important. You know, it was a rite of passage to put a bow tie in the grill of your HZ series. Where your H-series?
1: Uh, where I grew up in Sydney, in the western suburbs, Penrith, that area. There was a lot of WB tow trucks kicking around at that time.
0: Yeah.
1: Either oh. Dennis Dennis Sims, we got that whole trace. movement yeah. in the
0: background now.
1: Yeah, uh, used to run WB six-wheeler tow trucks, and they always, they had Chev motors in. They had the Chev Bow tires on the grill. Fuck yeah. yeah. Used to see a lot of that. A lot um, of work
0: too, Chev and the WB. Yeah.
1: No, someone it. who had a sort of 83, 84 Hilux with a 350 Chevy in it and the bow tie on the grill on a Toyota. <laughs> yeah, it would probably ruffles some feathers these days, but I can love it. Yeah.
0: Let's get back. Oh, now I'll check this out from about from about the age of twelve. I wanted to skid in my own car and get involved behind the wheel. Sarah Battersby at seventeen in Portland, New South Wales.
1: Oh, Portland, Central Western, New South Wales. Good on <laughs>
0: Having a red-hot crack. <laughs> Having a red-hot yeah, crack zone. at 17. Yeah. Wanted to drop skids since she was 12. And we've got it in the oh, last yeah. issue. We've got it in this issue. We've got young Battersby.
1: When your daddy's former burnout master's been at Brett Battersby. One <laughs> luck, highlights. Well, yeah, look, fair play. Well done.
0: Yeah, no, we had very similar. We had Caleb in the last issue. Yeah. Following in Dad Stewart's fucking footsteps. Nah, hell Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, um, yeah, great. And yeah. I, the, I like Street Machine that they focus on, you know, the young younger guys and girls that are coming through and building their own cars and just getting out there and having a bash. Yeah. Yeah, it's really
0: good to see. The it. restorers don't know how to grow their culture, mate. We, you know, it's just this, the, the Street Machine, the custom thing. But it's just funny, moving along. The
1: funny thing, and I think it's been said plenty of times, is Street Machiners can admire, and I'm one of them, can admire restored cars. But Absolutely. restorers and – well, not so much restorers, but the purists out there, the paint dot counters, yeah. can't really cop the fact that someone's got an XY with a massive hole cut in it with a pot top sunroof in it. Yeah, yeah, Because, you know, in the 80s, that was a big thing.
0: Well, shout out old mate Bruce with the HQ taillights in his EH, you know, and yeah, he fell so in what? love with that car as a kid, and at 56, he owns that car. He yeah. couldn't be happier, yeah. and everyone thinks that it matters what they think.
1: um. And the panel van movement, like custom, was cool. So,
0: yeah,
1: I uh, I don't oh. really, I can't really understand why the restorers can't just cop it on the chin and move on. Like these yeah. cars were mass produced; they weren't, um, they weren't museum pieces back then. They no. were just everyday cars that got cut up and modified, crashed and trashed.
0: Yeah, and that's just how it is. Yep. One thing I've learned from earlier podcasts or podcasts I listen to is that every now and again you can go for a piss. I only hit pause. Uh, well, to quote a good friend of mine, Scott Kenny, we're going to talk about this odyssey. Uh, we've gone to in the build section of this magazine. Again, I'm, you know, normally I do my homework the night before we're recording or a couple of nights before we're recording. We just happen to be a couple of mates sitting here going through a magazine in a lounge room with a fire going, And I opened in the builds and I went, that's it, I've got to hit pause because I do like this particular model odyssey. There's something about the Honda Odyssey that I'd liked before, I don't know, low-slung sports wagons. They kind of got there a bit earlier than most, I guess. This this thing is unbelievable. Page 125 in the build. Yeah. Uh, Jay Duca. Shout
1: yep. out to this bloke. Honda Odyssey, uh, front-wheel drive, four-cylinder people mover normally. This thing has uh, got a turbo 2JZ in it and been converted to rear-wheel drive.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, underneath the front... Uh, Underneath uh missing three fifty Z front and rear ends. So yeah. Subframe swapping.
0: Wow. You're and
1: uh two J Z that's probably mounted a good maybe foot away from the radiator. She's set back a fair way. Yep. And he's uh starting life as a six hundred horsepower build with the ultimate goal of a twelve hundred horsepower combo. Wow,
0: You're in doing a it. in You're a soccer a, mum. In under a yeah, Some yeah, sort yeah. of
1: vehicle, you know, like yeah. That's,
0: Does it give the year? Because what year do they start making them? Because I know uh, they probably sort of are
1: like post two thousand. Yeah. Um. But yeah. again, like I'm all about that because it's different.
0: Yeah, and I and I love that shape, you know, for no good yeah. reason, without all those bonuses. It's, I was I've always been a fan. Funny of that you say band. that.
1: Um. You see, and what you go on Instagram and you fall down the rabbit hole of that little search button, the little magnifying glass, and you see all the stuff that you would like that they recommend. And uh, I've seen quite a few (laughs) odysseys in Japan slammed on big wheels, and they actually, they don't look too bad. Like, if you were stuck in a people mover, that would be the way to roll.
0: Yeah, no, that's really cool. And that's not. If the you're table. listening,
1: Carly, we need to get that Kia Carnival and drop it on a big set of wheels.
0: Yeah, there you go, Carly. Give Reese an extra burp if you give him the big bottle. But otherwise, you know, like your boy's in good hands. But yeah, maybe the Kia Carnival on its guts. Captivate mm-hmm. on a number plate. Yeah. C A P T I V 8. Eight, yeah. Get a Captiva. L S it. Yeah could be done. It hasn't been done yet, but I think no, the name's enough reason to yeah. do it. But they've got that plastic shit bolting around the wheel arches and crap. Yeah. yeah you know, which have. that Odyssey doesn't suffer from.
1: No, no, that's a pretty... Actually, I don't want a styling
0: on them. No, and isn't it amazing how rounded that becomes because you go, well, why, why, why don't we build a Captiva? Because it's got all that plastic shit making up yeah. the wheel arches. yeah. Now, uh, Dylan Rickard, I want to shout you out for your XB Fairmont because I don't know what the fuck's going on there. It's half metal with big orange stripes, or maybe it's just spray-packed fucking silver, but I do really fucking like it. He looks well, a bit like me mate Brody Borg. I reckon if Brody fucking let himself go a little, he'd probably and got a couple of tattoos at seventeen. He's done like the bare plate.
1: metal. He's done the bare metal clear coat.
0: There you go, bare metal clear coat and throw some and orange again, GS stripes on it. If
1: you're a uh, if you're a GT purist, i probably wouldn't turn to this page because you will shit the bed. <laughs> uh, but like, well played. It's a great looking. Well, car. I can see
0: a photo of it missing a quarter panel. Yeah, it's <laughs> a big effort.
1: Baffer's globes. Uh, the old school 70s roof rack and just the bare metal and the bonnet doesn't line up and the grill's a bit warped I, I, I just I like that it's yeah, got a yeah. the front bumper like yeah great what the
0: fuck's it doing in here in the yeah. build it's finished it's
1: yeah exactly yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. well what's he running in it Uh I'm, I'm gonna read the whole fucking thing so there's five minutes you're not getting back uh My uncle Steve bought this XB Fairmont GS back in the late 80s when it was a GT mock-up in the original Apollo Blue. After a few years and a few different issues, it got stripped back to bare metal, bogged up and put in primer, then put in the shed for 23 years. Twenty-three, Scotty.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the number just keeps
0: cropping up. But in 2011, Uncle Steve passed away. At the age of 13, I begged my mum to let me have the car, and after a lot of persuasion, my auntie gave it to me to eventually get it back on the road. I got a job in mid-2014 that meant I could start work on it, and that's about when Mad Max Fury Road came out. (laughs) That gave me the inspiration to make it a bare-metal car. Say so my mates, say so some mates, and I grabbed the angle grinders and stripped it back, then clear coated it. Since then, I've built a very healthy 351 Cleveland with an open chamber 4V heads. It has a 750 Holly talker intake manifold and other cool gear, including an 80 spec camshaft that gave it some shove, some good shove. While I was on my peas, I drive the car regularly and it always be a work in progress. Despite all the offers, I've never sell it. It's become a part of me. Why wouldn't we just close a fucking episode on Dylan fucking Ricard? Yeah, mate. Dylan Ricard, Dylan Ricard, we need to fucking talk. Find my phone number, ring me. You are fucking epic in yeah. this fucking world, mate.
1: That is a great, uh, this is a great build.
0: There's not awesome. enough Dylan Ricards in the fucking yeah. world.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, love it. No, love it, mate. Fuck yeah. Good effort. In the build, Dylan Ricard, never finished. He'll be in the build every fucking month. Yeah. Well Beautiful. Played. Well played, brother. Oh I see a fat sedan. Oldsmobile. <laughs> thirty seven Oldsmobile by Brendan Townshend.
1: Actually this is worth a mention. Page one twenty seven in the build. Brendan Townsend, thirty seven Oldsmobile. Yep. In the process of building this thirty seven Oldsmobile with wait for it, a two oh two Holden motor and a T five manual.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's the way. um
1: that's bloody great.
0: And a lot of fleet lines and stuff that you you spot now, yeah. like a lot of sled cars, get built with holding six cylinder motors. Yeah, great. Thanks. Because there's not necessarily the tech to build the fucking old six that was in them, but yeah, brilliant car. And just looks cool.
1: Yeah, that is that is a cool car.
0: Yeah they look still playing with vans, XH, XF van. turned to XH and XG. Gotta, you know, there is to shout
1: the XH out because uh, I don't think there's a refrigeration company in this country that hasn't had a fleet of Falcon panel vans at some
0: point. Yeah. Well, I'm so, not sure what, yeah. model, what model's Bruce Howey's fa- van. Is that an This XH? is an
1: XF or an XG. Which I would have is I would about...
0: imagine an XF, but yeah. I would have forgiven him for an XH. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: think, I'm pretty sure it's an XF. Yeah. Um. Spent many of my days as an apprentice in the passenger seat of an XF or an XG
0: van. Yeah. Um, I remember leaving chopped one year and my daughter was jumping in with Michael Chatlos, who's got the, I think his was an XF, maybe. And yeah, like it was the year it rained, so there was mud and shit everywhere, so they're full noise and barely getting anywhere while they're trying to drive over a fucking fence and my daughter's freaking the shit out, but... Yeah, good times. That's
1: um, that's where I got the affinity for the column change auto in the panel van. because uh, when I finally finished my apprenticeship and was driving one around as a work car, it was yeah. like driving your lounge room on that bench.
0: Yeah, fucking put the bucket bench
1: seat combo with your foot up on the tunnel, just driving down <laughs> the road like a king shit.
0: Yeah, that nah. yeah, sweet as. Um, uh, this
1: this has actually had a barrow swap. This panel van. So, oh yeah, page yeah. one twenty six. Matt
0: Zimerell, uh, Zimerell. Yeah, Matt Zimerell, Zamurl. Uh, I think I led you down the wrong path.
1: Yeah, Barra Swap with a four speed auto out of a BA for Cheer Up. Uh, he's got the shifter with the Titronic uh, auto in it. It's all been swapped in. It's actually pretty neat. It's door. got an
0: awning too, so oh, we're yeah. going camping.
1: Yeah, good. Use it. Fuck like yeah, it. Matt.
0: Get that, uh, get using yeah.
1: it. He's uh, going to put the Fairlane front end on it. Uh, on the XH, which is interesting, will be an interesting looking conversion. Of that oh, that's same. just
0: that little narrow chrome grill. Yeah. Like yeah. an AL type.
1: Yeah, but the the bonnet on the XHs is a lot different to the ELs because it's got a raised center to clear the. uh because they had the ED motor in them at first. Yeah, before they yeah changed yeah. Over. The so they had to the raise they had to raise the center of the bonnet to clear the rocker cover. Oh,
0: there you go.
1: Yeah, and they are actually the the X. H utes have got a radius roof on them as well. So if you look at an XD, XE, XF ute, and then you look at an XH, yep. the turret is quite a lot higher on the XH because it's got a radius roof in it giving yeah. get a bit more headroom for the uh, bigger yeah. seats. Yeah, just an interesting little thing I noticed
0: out of Wreckers. But any special comments, fucking Scotty, if I'm one who wants to be a millionaire and yeah. I need to phone a friend.
1: Yeah, if it's got a radius roof, even <laughs> if it's got an XD front, it's an XH. <laughs> the
0: uh, fucking beautiful <laughs> special comments, love them. Yeah. And then the Iron Maiden. We have
1: to shout the Iron Maiden out. So a Murphy from Berwick. Oh, she's from out my way. What
0: a horny little V8 LC.
1: Yeah, that's a great-looking <laughs> LC 4-door. It's uh, got a Fong clapper in it.
0: Yep. Yeah. oh, there you go. Very good,
1: yeah. It's a Supper motivated 71 LC Tirana. Um.
0: A couple of pedals.
1: Really, really nice car.
0: She's got the auto up.
1: Yeah, yeah, got the column change auto. Oh, oh yeah. Or I'm a massive fan already because I've got a column change. <laughs>
0: um, I still remember that HR around a fucking age. Column shift.
1: Electric teal with a white roof. It's a really nice turned-down mm. car. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, definitely lovely. Yeah. Got those aftermarket Sprint Masters on it. Yeah. That no, lovely car, Hayley, from uh, Berwick, Victoria. Yeah. I run Melbourne Ballarat. Yeah, I've got a Ballarat-Melbourne career business. I hope to bump into that car at some point.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, well,
0: four I'm door, a... four-door, four-door too. Yeah, it's a
1: four-door. It's something different. And, a, and it's not a GTR clone. It's just a But really it's turned
0: me around. Yeah. Like, there were that many two-doors on the road. You'd see a four-door and you'd be disappointed that you saw a four-door. Yeah. And that's disappeared in my nature now.
1: I, just, I like the fact that it's... um.
0: That it's, it's not a GTR. it's not playing into GDR yeah. mock. It's a, a four door and it's not a GTR. And that probably makes the difference. It's yeah. just embracing what yeah. it is. And they've
1: kept the column automatic and yeah, it's a really it's a really neat. It's embracing mock-up. what
0: it is, yeah. it's done it well. Well done, Bailey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: well turned out. Got bucket seats. Very really, very nice.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well yeah, GDR wheel. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only GDR fucking imitating part of it is the fact it's got a GDR wheel, I'm guessing. You know,
1: and, and she spun spanners on it herself. Mm. Great. Love nah, to see shit,
0: that. I love the fact that yeah. you've fucking covered that little bit of ground, you know. You can yeah. find yourself in a fucking Everlate studio at any time, Scotty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's certainly been AR. Then
0: we'd have two Scotties if we'd all get too confusing. <laughs> and three people born on the same fucking day. Now we've got to... We did speak uh, about the, this in the intro, blowback. back yeah. to expression session, blowback three, and again yeah. I just want to shout out Aiden for his work there.
1: Yeah, the rendering of the uh, the hard cover with the Perspex engine lid on it. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, really nice. Um.
0: And I know it's going to come up in our episode when we review the magazine with Aiden himself, but um, AO was fucking blown away. And he hadn't seen the magazine yet, so Aiden actually sent him through the, f- the photos. Yeah, right. So it broke On his, broke his yeah. mind in real time. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got to go back to 8.2, I reckon, but that's where A.O. was shouting out playback real heavy in our fucking reflective episode. So, yeah, no. And I, and I said about the Mustang, the Mad Max fucking Mustang that he did. Yeah. It was like he'd been listening to me and gave me a Mustang that I'd want to fucking drive knowing I don't like him.
1: Yeah, that's right. Are we, um,
0: are we into the reader's rocket, so we mate.
1: Yeah, we are. And start. you've jumped
0: a few couple of pages in. I have, be, only but, because you stopped in a big fucking hurry because that looks like your old. BF. That looks
1: like my old. I thought for a minute it might have been my old BF, um, but yeah, same colour, the Seduce maroon. Yep.
0: Yeah. What's that one? Uh,
1: no. it's, uh an, it's NA here. Yeah.
0: Matthews on it. No, no, hang on. Oh, no, it's not hang NA. On. no, it's
1: it not. was NA. No, it started as a P5 daily driver. Here yeah, we've had these cars gone to a 740 horsepower monster.
0: Nathan Sacket, hey. seven hundred horsepower, is there your BF. You okay, mate? You alright? You know, because yeah, yeah. you know it's getting a little out there.
1: Oh yeah, big shout out to Zane at Max Performance. Um, yeah, he's a Barra tuning extraordinaire.
0: Oh, there you go. Made five hundred and fifty
1: kilowatts on their hub don't
0: dyno. Fuck yeah, uh,
1: mate. That car's a credit to you. It's really well turned out. It's Lo- immaculate. I love the colour.
0: Love the wheels. Um, yeah, wouldn't wheels normally it, shout great. out much, but love those wheels. Yeah. Plenty of space, It's got a T-56 manual in it. There you go. Nah.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Amazing Sacco, living the dream.
1: Yeah, no, so there's quite a few good Reader's Rockets <laughs> we here. Yeah, the Tunner of Jordan. HQ1 tonner is really nice.
0: It is, and it's not trying anything beyond HQ. No,
1: nah, it's um, got a lift-up tray with the battery and everything underneath it. That's a really neat. Ah, touch
0: that. Have you heard the last episode? Where we were discussing the last magazine, Scotty. No, I'm I won't hold you accountable. No, you're I'm on that. I'll
1: catch up. That'll no. be that'll be on the drive own tomorrow. I'm
0: just going to show you these arches because I, I decided that they were worth the conversation. And it was only for a set of wheel arches that I decided to have a conversation. But it's just when you look at those tunners, go back to that tunner again and just look at the side profile on it, right? Now, if I get this to page fifty-six oh, fifty-eight of this one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So we slide him up a bit. Yeah,
1: he's got the squared off. Try that.
0: That's a really nice tray. That. That's yeah. really unusual, though, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, do, you, ne- a, you never see that. Look. You don't
1: see a radius wheel arch on a flat tray. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. Yeah. A nearly nearly a standard wheel arch.
1: Yeah, like it looks like a wheel arch off a factory, you know, HQ
0: HJ guard rear quarter or yeah. guard, yeah, as, into a tub tray. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so that's why it's interesting to see this in the next issue in the yeah. reader's rockets. But again, yeah. Jordan uh, Massara, yeah. yeah. Do love your HQ one tonner mate. Looks tough as. Got them drag radials on it. Yeah. Got LS the tilt, two power. Bit the lift the, up yeah, tray. Yeah, the
1: lift up tray is a really interesting, uh, interesting thing with the battery and the, the fuel tank and everything under there. That's great. That's a great idea. Awesome yeah.
0: And I suppose if you follow the H series through from HQ, then there wasn't an uglier dash than the HQ dash. Like all the other dashes were better it's aligned. It's funny you so, say
1: that. I think the HQ is probably the best-looking sedan out of know, the whole lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think they ruins. it was the HX that had that raised boot lid. Yeah. Yeah, I HF-HC, think they ruined it there yeah. with that boot lid. That was mm. a shocker. Um, but, yeah, the dashes got better.
0: Uh, yeah. And I've said before, like, I used to sketch the ass of HQs yeah. in class, yeah. Yeah, in fucking year seven, because it was just – you knew how they went. They're an easy fucking draw. But, um, but, yeah, I think the dash – Definitely lent itself to refinement, yeah. Probably yeah. lent itself to custom, yeah. And what's that yeah. got like, you know, five da- you know, five yeah. gauges in yeah, a beautiful full, little row?
1: He's got the full auto meter setup, which it looks really good. The probably, yeah, with the HQ dash, you can kind of pull that cluster mm. and that fish scale sort of trim around, it. Yeah. you can pull that out and just kind of do whatever you want, really.
0: Yeah, Now nah, spot on. But yeah. a real clean SS fucking HQ dash still makes me smile. Yeah. When the, when that fish scale is really pristine yeah. on that dash. Yeah. There's something special. Yeah. So there you go, that's Reader's Rockets. We're going back to the start. Has he and he's laid the bumper in that car. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's tucked right in. He's really
0: tucked that bumper yeah. right tucked in tucked it right up. Right, right into the nose that. and yeah. against the guard. So that's fucking really tight. I'd only notice it was about to fuck off.
1: That's a um it. well something I sort of looked at how it cars a lot is Gap. They tuck the bumpers. Yeah, he spends a lot Just of time gap on gapping and, and tucking bumpers like really tight up against, and it actually transforms the look of the car.
0: Yeah, and and that must be how the designers picture the car. But then to go into a practical, you know, but to go yeah. into a practical environment, you know, you got fifteen guys that are working overtime that are fucking struggling yeah. to put shit together. so and they can't, they can't so stand to, the
1: panels in that way. Or you've got to
0: put that yeah. tolerance into the into the design. It's
1: kind of funny that the the designers design a car on a sketch, and we've we've all seen over the years plenty of production sketches from GMH Holden uh, from. Toyota, Ford, wherever, yeah, of pre-production cars, and the sketches look amazing. And then the car comes out resembling seventy-five percent of the original rendering.
0: It's two foot longer. The roof's a fucking half a foot higher. Yeah.
1: But then <laughs> a street machine that gets a street machine that gets said car, yeah,
0: and, and turns builds it back that concept into the
1: rendering. You know, yeah. it almost turns it back into the concept. Absolutely,
0: story. and I love that. I had an yeah. XK that I was going to build. And I wanted to slender the fucking rear rear fucking pillar that little bit more. I wanted to tuck the fucking front over that little bit further. Just everything I loved about it, just to fucking minusculely highlight it, you know. So but, no, That,
1: that detail, worth, that's kind of what's really made me appreciate the Elite Build. is little feel, things that you don't quite notice, like that bumper bar's jammed gent- yeah. hard up against the panel, and it,
0: it looks really good. I've got a feeling, just, uh Jordan Masari, you're going to get a bigger shout-out in the big episode, I think, for that. But, oh, how's that four-door? Because I thought it was a hatchback, and now all of a sudden it's got four-doors, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. that just pretty looks pretty like your classic white LX, LX hatch build.
1: Yeah, with a... Uh, Holy Sniper Five and the fly
0: Stroker. And no Dovetail. Yeah. So, yeah, straight away. it's sort of a looks, like
1: a Tirana without a wing.
0: Yeah, there's a point of difference right yeah. there. No, that's cool. That's a good crossover car.
1: The XHU. So, that's the second XH in this issue. Yeah. Right, yeah. In the build and this one here. Yeah. Uh, so, they must be starting to get into that price point where they're accessible and they're not too bashed up. Yeah.
0: And, again, it's a generational thing. It's like you being into those cars that are around when you remember being into cars and and me, you know, like there's a fucking 10-year difference or a 13-year difference between us. So the things that drive you aren't the same. Yeah. But Um, what I've noticed with the Weiss Mody, which we've sort of really neglected a little bit, I suppose, but this builds across the gamut. There's guys that are 19 now that love what I loved when I was fucking 19. Yeah. And I'm 53. Yeah. And that's fucking cool.
1: That's one thing I do like about...
0: That HZ in um, the last issue too in the fucking yeah. Reader's Rides car that looks like my old HZ but a bit cleaner. Fucking just crazy. That's that. kind
1: of what I like about the Datsun community. There is there's your your sports car guys that had the fair lately sort of open top sports cars. Then you got your guys that are into the 240Zs, the Z cars.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, 1600s. <laughs> That HZ. Oh, yeah, that's a really nice bit of kit, that. And
0: again, 20, fucking 30, 40, fucking year ago. Yeah. That was cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing changes for that car. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, with the Datsuns, like the Datsun 1600 um, or 510 if you're from the States, um, that car was a rally car. It was a race car. Um, So guys are still rallying them with L-Series motors in them. Guys are, are... Cruising them on the streets of stock standard cars. Guys are putting FJ20s in them, SR20s. Dad
0: Mouse is just rough yeah. one out in the shed that he had yeah. big X dreams for and instead know. put a rough coat on it and now out yeah. loving it.
1: And they just, that, that car, they, there's like so many different aspects of the Datsun community that, yeah. that like the 1600 and it's so, it's such a, like, it's been built into so many different things over yeah. the years.
0: And that's a big strike again against the purest yeah. fucking community because, yeah, okay, go and appreciate that one. Leave this bloke alone with that yeah. one. You yeah. know, he's doing his thing. He's doing his fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you and think. And another
1: honourable mention here in the readers' as well oh, is this yeah. WB panel. View. Yeah, no, I did
0: see it. And it's got
1: yeah. an uh, SC-14 supercharger on the 202. Oh, hell yeah. No, nah,
0: that's cool. And what? it looks like it's intercooled as well. Where's the SC-14 blower come from? Uh, I think they're a Toyota. Oh, yeah, made up one on the side of his HR. Yeah,
1: well, this is like a side man on the driver's side yeah. of the 202.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I reckon may have my mounted. I thought passenger side on it.
1: Still um, rocking an Aussie four speed, original diff. Yeah.
0: So we yeah. like were talking earlier, be earlier about turbo lag and stuff. And if you have got enough capacity, you don't get lag. But I remember the first turboed HJ, I reckon HJRX that I got in with a turboed six cylinder holding in it was just fucking lazy. But my yeah. age there was eight and a half every gear change, and you better be ready for the next gear change with its 327, its solids, and its fucking weighed cam. Yeah. So I had a little bit to fucking go off. But it just, I don't know, it didn't impress me enough. But a mate actually built one. Um, <coughs> what would Bowie have? I reckon Bowie had a 460 or a 429 in his XA and put two turbos on it back when no one was doing shit like that. And yeah. His best mate borrowed it to take it to work and rode it off at the cattle yards in Ballarat. Oops. Yeah, couldn't handle it. Big oops. Yeah, but Bowie was always tinkering with turbos and just making his own kits in a world that wasn't turbo and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, there's some some good rods in the uh, readers' rods this month.
0: Alex, Alex Martello's XB. That looks pretty tidy, mate. Yeah. Sitting on pro convos. Yeah. Three speed column manual.
1: <laughs> I love it I'm even three more. Three column banger.
0: Well, it could have been 351 four-speed, and that would have been enough reason to shout yeah. out. Now I love it more. No, <laughs> uh, it's
1: 1976 XP is my first car, which I bought at Lloyd's Classic Car Auction.
0: Oh, hell it's yeah. It's a
1: dream come true. Cruising in an old-school three-speed column manual car like this is the best feeling. It always puts a smile on my face.
0: Fuck hey, Alex. I'm right there with you, mate. Alex, 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 you're the man of the issue. You only get shout out the my other
1: Hanging around with my dad and his mates doing up big V8s makes me excited to one day swap the 256 into a nicer V8 engine.
0: But in the meantime, don't in care. In the
1: meantime, just three on the tree, 250, enjoy it. Yep.
0: Fucking rocking it's it, bro. It's a really
1: clean-looking car, too. He's done a good job um, picking that up at mm. Lloyd's. Yeah, really good.
0: Yeah, no, well played. That's probably yeah. Shammy, that fucking Tirana underneath it.
1: Yeah, it's got a 202 and a tri in
0: it. Yeah, there you go. Gaps aren't beautiful.
1: Jaden Brandler. This is my 1978 LX Tri and I run on a 202 and tri My dad bought this car in 2008. It's something for me to learn <laughs> basic mechanics on. I've been making plans for this car since I was about 10 and plan to turn it into an SLR 5000 replica. I have a 308 and a Turbo 700 I'm building up and we'll put in once so I get my full license. Fuck I've the near. same
0: chamois as an SLR. I want to see a chamois yeah. SLR 5000.
1: That's a um, <laughs> I tell you what, it's a bloody good starting point because that is a dead straight clean car.
0: Mate had a HX, Shammy HX GDS, mm. and it just looked class but also muscle because Chami just gave it the class. had the chrome strikers on it and the green tinted glass. So it just looked like something you'd be like heading to head into a wedding in. But, yeah, 308, four speed.
1: Well, cool my – um, my neighbour from many years ago had a VH SLE Commodore, but it wasn't your normal SLE. It was an early 82-build car yeah, and it had a 253 in it, but it was that chamois cream colour yeah. with the light tan SLE interior, but it didn't have power windows. It was manual windows yeah, yeah. and a nice SLE dash. And he, he had it the way he had it. I think it had Simmons B45s on it from memory as well and it just it sat really nice, and the colour and the interior trim just suited it. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't mind the. Oh, Probably years ago I didn't like that tan sort of colour, Yeah. but I don't mind it. It, it looks really nice.
0: Yeah. Well. And
1: it was different to all the other Commodores around, of that era around, you know, that, that didn't get turned into SSs or Blue Meanies.
0: Yeah, well, I'm ruined on this uh, Sunday too far away because I just glanced down and I've spotted that uh, the Craig Harrison International, and I yeah. do love that. But as I glanced around, I spotted the stream of HQs at the HQ run, which maybe I was there in fucking Donnie. Although, no, nah, it's not the HQ run because there's a bit of early shit at the background. So the photo by Chaz Images. But Shadow good old Chad Sylvie caught Jim Robinson's HR. Ah, yes. Jimbo's fucking HR. Now, it's hard to tip against that in a page of Sunday too far away. Yeah,
1: that's right. And
0: I've met Jimbo and he's a lovely bloke, but if I'd never met Jimbo or if I'd met Jimbo and he was an arsehole, that HR, would have still got me fucking vote. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out Jimbo. Beck, give him a hug, kiss on the fucking cheek because he's killing it in Sunday too far away.
1: <laughs> well to say, we we had a chat. We had a chat before uh, about uh, our International C thirteen hundreds and uh, Dodge D five ns And
0: yeah,
1: uh, if I was going to build a truck, I'd like to build an old International. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Simo with the Dodge D5N that he's playing with. I think yeah. it's a D5N that he's got that he's mucking around with with a yeah, Perkins well, motor in it.
0: Well, shout out to Simon, who will send parts to Simo if he needs them because yeah. Clarky's fucking definitely, fucking he's a tragic on the Inters. Simo needs to pull the Perkins out and
1: drop a GM 671 in that thing.
0: I'll oh, put a barra in it. Barra of the world because it tests people's manners.
1: Yeah. <laughs> clear we don't want to start losing followers,
0: we only <laughs> don't lost play
1: favourites with engines,
0: mate. <laughs> we only lost one, it wasn't our fault. Yeah, you know? fair and enough. And again, he turned off on Beck and fucking Jimbo and fucking turned off on Scotty, the producer, and everyone because I mentioned a fucking barra. Oh, well. Yeah, you lose so much on the way through being pedantic.
1: Yeah.
0: Kyle. Kyle
1: Heppel's photograph of this evil XR.
0: It does look fucking. It looks like burnout peach car with a few blackheads.
1: I'm pretty sure that photo is at Um uh, It looks it looks to be a Summernuts. photo. it
0: looks, uh, next to V8 Killer.
1: Yeah, oh, I got a I got a, a, a sneaking suspicion from the gracker and that's a Summernuts. Yeah, yeah, just no. out the back behind Tough Street there, where it's parked up.
0: Yeah, that no, could be right, but there, yeah, that's tough as. Yeah. That's a tough car.
1: There's some uh, some tough tough bits of kid in here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: we've we've oh, got a Wayne a, and Vicky. We've got a Wayne and Vicky
1: on the back page as opposed to Mill of the Month.
0: Yeah, no, don't mind that either.
1: Yeah.
0: That's it. Out of the archives, perhaps, in celebration. Yeah. Nah, shit out, Scotty. What have we got on the back page? Is there an ad? Eagle. Eagle Performance.
1: Yeah, and then uh, what have we got inside the cover? We've got the RRS uh, guys with the Falcon handling kits that they make.
0: Inside back covers. Get your yeah. Falcons handling. That's pretty rounded, too. We've got a young lad here who wants to do some stupid shit with his Falcon. I don't even yeah. know what model it is, but it's a rare colour and it's got the sunroof option.
1: Yeah, so are uh, going to end up a pretty quick car by the looks of things.
0: Yeah, that's it. But again, like, it's yeah. just crazy, the crossover, because you've had the 650 beyond horsepower fucking BF. Yeah. He's got that ute. You're into a fucking bluebird, he's into a fucking Chrysler cult fucking two door pillless yeah, fucking weird thing and the owns a galant. Galant. Yeah. It should yeah. be um should be an interesting car when that's built. Yeah, the lad's only twenty. Yeah. You know, so yeah, future's in good hands. Well that's, that's it, all right is. for the time being, though. I know we've got some content here, I know it's a long fucking episode, so I probably should wind off or I'll upset AO and Scotty. But we could fucking – we probably will fucking do this all night. But I just wonder what we've left on the cutting room floor because the conversation we've had where we weren't recording, there's some cool shit here. Yeah. Um, so we've celebrated Chick Henry and his, and Scotty's love for Chick Henry and how approachable he was because that was important.
1: Yeah, he's a gentleman. Uh, yeah, just, a, just a good all round guy. Yeah.
0: And again, I'm going to celebrate you, missus, for the fact that you can be here with me tonight, you know, because I'm enjoying the hell out of the Carly-Scotty show. In regard to little smiley fucking Reese.
1: Yeah, my little boy. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been a big adjustment having a son at 40 years old, but it's it's been awesome. Yeah. It. yeah.
0: No, again, like I thought it had been a year. I thought you got, you know, that virtually she was pregnant after 10 minutes after I met you. But, you know, virtually, yeah, she was already pregnant. This was already on the way when we first shouted out Scott Kenny. And that hasn't leveled you well, but it's definitely changed it.
1: Certainly is. A lot <laughs> nah. better on my dad. Nah,
0: sweet as. We're gonna pretend this is a sign off. There might be another part to this episode. Who knows? But nah, shit up, man. Love you, bro.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Cheers, mate. Yeah. Well, okay. So, how does the day start for a dad who doesn't manage to get himself home at the end of the fucking day? How did your day roll out today, Scotty? Oh, uh, this morning.
1: Uh, up at five thirty. Into the shower. Could hear the young bloke on the monitor. I'm yeah. um, having a cry. He was obviously ready to get up. So I wandered down to the bedroom and he was standing up in his cot. He's 10 months old. So he's decided yeah. that standing up in the cot's the way to go.
0: Yep, yeah, standing up so, smiling.
1: Yeah. yeah, up with a big cheesy grin on his face. So I <laughs> got him up this morning and uh, took him up to to Carly in the bedroom and kind of got him sort of kicked off for the morning. And then, yeah, uniform on, straight in the truck. And yeah, yeah the uh, two hour drive from south-east Melbourne, across Ballarat, and uh, straight on the tools, shut down a machine to work on for a uh, client up here, and yep. that job was uh, looking good to be finished about 12 o'clock, pack up, out of sight by two and back home by five, yep. turned into actually uh, a split pipe on a machine and a complete dismantle.
0: Yep.
1: And uh, I was still on the oxy at... 10 to 5 this afternoon, welding everything back together. And, that's uh, it,
0: and off to the Castle de Moses for the night and revisit Castlet it tomorrow. de to
1: Moses tonight, yeah. then off to the uh, plumbing supplies in the morning, pick up a bit of a couple of brackets and bits and pieces. You and thought I was in Melbourne,
0: you didn't even know that I was up on the roof of the fucking Myers, fucking trying to crack them fucking pipes to try and create, your, yeah. so create get you Create enough get work you for, for to the, the night. Yeah, that's it, mate. But uh, you just ran me through a bit of a weekend because we've uh, – we can probably announce that you were uh, away from the house when there was a big flooding incident, which, yeah, I, I we mean, went to... if anyone asked me to retell it, I'd be struggling. So now we'll be able to say, look at bonus episodes, Scott Kenny. Uh,
1: yeah, we we uh, <laughs> went back over to Canberra to see the family. My parents live on the south coast of New South Wales, so and, we decided to when combine. Was this? when was this? Uh, this was just after Christmas, so we decided to combine Christmas, New Year's, and summer nats, yep. and a trip back to Canberra all into one big holiday with a uh, with a three month old baby. So that yep. was uh, that was good fun. I'm
0: fucking glad we brought back a car reference, but yeah. yeah. yeah so you know. we
1: um, that was a that was a one thirty. We out of bed at one thirty in the morning and drive through the night while the baby was asleep. Yeah, um, it was good. He made Aubrey before we uh, we had to pull over and feed him. So yep. he was he, he was a bit of a trooper. Pretty chill. Uh, but while we we're up. In Canberra, partying away, and we had a pipe split in our house, in our laundry, and uh, just it did it didn't burst, but it cracked just enough to flood the house and flood three of our rooms. Yeah. Uh, so we come home to a, a swamp in the laundry and a trash bathroom and toilet and a, and a uh, spare bedroom. So when all your family's from in state, um yeah. I don't have any family in Victoria, so I can't have anyone stay in my house at the moment because I haven't got anywhere to put them. Yeah. Um, and a six-month fight with insurance. We finally got it all sorted. Yeah, so, six
0: months with the new, but with the baby and you know, just trying to get bath, yeah, and,
1: bath and bath a baby in a plastic tub in your shower is not much chop, But you know, you just got to do what you got to do. Get through it, we get through it the best way we can. Um, yeah, so being a being a on-call service refrigeration mechanic uh, and a dad and trying to <laughs> renovate a house and you know, the project cars have all gone on the back burner for the past six months while we get everything sorted.
0: I really wanted our episode to reflect that too, because like, people look, and I suppose, I mean, I love Simo's page for pushing little jobs in the yeah. Legends in our own lunch times. Yeah. That's cool as shit. But some people, I think, every now and again feel like they haven't done enough, they could do more, and you can get burdened under that shit.
1: Yeah, but. you can um you can certainly let the little jobs pile up. Like I've got another bluebird that's been sitting in my garage. The one I picked up from Renmark.
0: I yeah. basically
1: got that car home, cleaned twenty years of red dirt out of it. Yeah. Cleaned it up, got it to a point where I put new tyres on it because the tyres were just dry rotted and falling apart. And yeah. they, um the car actually didn't. It survived the trip back from Renmark, but by the time I got to Mildura... The shock of the road had actually blown two of the tires, so yeah, I put new tires on it, and I basically put it on the go jacks. Yeah, slid it into the garage. I prepped all the rust.
0: Yeah, I, I remember seeing those yeah. posts.
1: Yeah, I cleaned all the rust up on it with a. It's only got a very. Got small home, amount hit the of ground, rust.
0: fucking running on it.
1: Yeah, and then that's it. After yeah. a patch of rust it sat there.
0: But then, yeah, life does that, you know. Yeah. People need to fucking not be burdened, as I say, be burdened under that. Well, like, I decided, you know, you've it, seen. My car park's just there. Yeah. And I sleep just there. Yeah. And I still haven't mounted fucking wipers to that fucking car and they're in a bag over there somewhere. Like, you I know, bought- so, I, yeah, for people who are feeling bad, come and visit yeah. the castle and yeah. see how slack like this idiot yeah, yeah,
1: is. Don't worry. Yeah. I bought three other Bluebirds as parts cars. Mm. Um, one I brought home was that badly gone. I basically didn't even take it off the trailer. I. Was- kept it on the car trailer, stripped it I wanted off it and took it straight to the crusher. Yeah, It was knackered. Um, I actually strapped it to the trailer. We put it on the car trailer with a forklift. It was that badly rusted. I couldn't um, – the body flex in it was pretty ordinary, so we picked it up by the roof with the yep. forklift, dropped it on the trailer, and then when I put the straps on it, I actually uh, split the C-pillars on it.
0: Oh, yeah. Right.
1: Was when I put the tension on, the straps are tight, you know. And then when I was uh, – I drove out of the driveway of my place and went up the road with it on the trailer. Um, I went over the speed up and the rear window fell out and slid down the road behind it. Fuck. So I fucking left it there.
0: Keep driving.
1: <laughs> just pretend that it wasn't me. I did pick, up, I did pick the chrome mould up and
0: throw it back yeah, in the car because the chrome mold. was still good. Don't need all that like broken glass. Just
1: uh, got the leaf blower out of the back of the ute and blew the glass <laughs> into the gutter and kept going. That's um, a step
0: above what I would have done.
1: Yeah. So I bought the parts cars and they probably much to my neighbours' disgust, sat in my front yard for probably three months until I got uh, one day to strip one. Yeah. And I stripped everything off it, pulled the manual conversion out and just gutted that. What then,
0: suburb are we talking?
1: Uh, I'm in Narry Warren. Oh, yeah, yeah south Narry Warren's
0: Melbourne. not bad. They're a bit loose. Not yeah, like you're in yeah. or, you know. No,
1: nah, no, nah, it's not like I'm in Turac, you know. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, that kind of just sat in the yard till I got a just, – I just needed a day. Yeah. And – you know, I've not been from Melbourne. I just didn't underestimate the amount of rain. You know, so you had a day free, but it was pissing down rain. Yeah. Was, I don't have that much room. So I had to kind of jiggle yeah. things around to get a car in a garage to work on.
0: Yeah, I know. What you particularly
1: mean. a car that doesn't move. Yeah. It's uh, pretty hard, particularly when you're by yourself.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. So, i got me Chevy Love buried at the bottom of the gully. And I've yeah. got, all I've got to do is get the quad bike and get the mate to tow me up here. But I don't ask for a lot of favours. Like, I'm slow yeah. to put the hand up. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of so, people but, are like that too. And I probably, like
1: skull dragged that car up and down my driveway with the winch on the front of my four wheel drive for yeah. quite some time. And I think quite,
0: that's probably another lesson for people too. Just put your hand up every now and again if you yeah, think you don't need a hand. Don't be help. afraid to ask for help. Yeah. yeah, words of wisdom.
1: But it took me, I only I bought those cars 12 months, maybe more yep. ago, and I just got rid of the last one two weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah, that was a runner. Yeah. Um, So I drove that car on and off the grass every time I needed to mow the
0: lawn. Yeah.
1: And uh, it was only the fact that the skip bin was coming that I, you know, finally made the time to strip the last parts car and and scrap it. Yeah. And now all my little 30-minute jobs are just – it's all just house stuff at the moment while we try and reassemble the house and put it back together.
0: Yeah. Well, this Um, doesn't happen often, but I know that we're crossing generations and I know that we've got blokes that have dropped new babies – Let's yeah. just let's just go dad shit. Yeah. So from Scotty, where he's gone. Oh yeah, Carly's pregnant. We're gonna have a baby.
1: Yeah.
0: Through to, like where we are now, nearly like coming towards a year down the. Track. Oh yeah, like, so just because just I reckon you could talk on that stuff pretty easily. The big
1: um probably the biggest obstacle with becoming a father is uh, for me and my circumstances in particular was that I was living in Canberra. Yep. Uh, Carly was living here in Melbourne, so you know that's fine. Long distance relationship. I've, I've, I've,
0: were yeah. you here when Reese was born?
1: I was here when Reese was born, but um, while well, I found out we were pregnant on um, Carly, and Carly was very good at keeping it to herself. Obviously, the distance, you know, we don't see, we didn't see each other every she day. She didn't know it's what pretty to easy.
0: expect, and you know.
1: Um, but I drove down to. Uh, I drove from Canberra down to to Bateman's Bay to see my folks and then drove from Bateman's Bay to Melbourne um, on Boxing Day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Would have been 20, well, what year is it now? 2022. So it would have been, yeah, 2020, Christmas 2020. Um, Yeah, so I drove down, did the whole border check-in thing because it was still COVID then, Um, come down through Cairn River, drove over to... You know, it's a fair drive from Batemans Bay to Melbourne, oh, yeah. along the coast road, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I drove there and found out, you know, found out on Boxing Day that we were having a baby. So, you know, I had to kind of make a decision on I need to move to Melbourne. Yeah. Now. So pretty much back to Canberra, make the arrangements to move down to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, And then pack a house up and, you know, move cars into friends' garages and... Yeah. um. Yeah, shout out to to Dave Gow that's uh, got hold of me bluebird wagon at the moment in his shed out in uh, Canberra, just outside of Yass there. He's um, looking after that for me while I... uh try and sort myself Get out here. Get yourself settled
0: down here. Yeah. But, but he's pretty secure in his fucking place. And, yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah. no, is just a good bloke, so he's, mm. he's helped me out a lot there, and yeah, he's a good mate. You know, we used to work together, so he's, yeah. he's a really good guy. Yeah,
0: you've got to uh, support And, and then you need,
1: you need friends like that around you. Yeah, support
0: um, your mates regardless of their call. But
1: yeah. it, it was hard because the first, um, the first ultrasound appointment, I was actually working that night. Yeah. I, I had a night job. I had a job that I had to start and I couldn't leave till it's finished. So yeah. the uh, the ultrasound appointment at the um at the doctor's was me on FaceTime yeah. sitting in the car on top of a shopping centre car park in Canberra on yeah. FaceTime on the iPhone watching the ultrasound of our baby. Yeah. And, yeah, you just – that was hard. That was a tough thing to try and deal with with the distance.
0: It would be, yeah, I've got no uh, doubt. But it probably fuels the dad that you are now, like you're so fucking on board for everything because yeah. you're here now and it's yeah, established. Yeah, yeah, you
1: know? and, like, I'm really close with my dad. I don't have any brothers and sisters. I'm an only child. Yeah. Um Some people will tell you that, you know, only children are spoiled and that, but people have only children for various reasons.
0: Yep i got
1: one. I'm really close to my dad. I'm well, close to both my parents, but my dad and I, you know, like joined to the hit. Um, I've idolised my father for a very long time, and that's where I get my love of motor cars from. Yeah. Um, it's it's something that's brought us together. Yeah, you know, my for,
0: dad bought me a car, but I think he's only tied me up for eight and a half grand. I yeah. you know, now got to fucking spend, you know. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> like, yeah, you, you can't happen. you can't not pay your dad. But
1: I <laughs> mean, um, you know, my dad, my dad was involved in drag racing at Castle Ray in Sydney mm. in the seventies. So, you know, I get I get the love of motor cars from that, and and um. Yeah, the, the distance moving down here and and um, moving in with with Carly and and then just riding the roller coaster of of being pregnant and and um, at age forty as well, you know, like it, yes. it's it's, uh, it's a later on in the piece. I'm the last one out of all my friends. How old's Carly
0: well. if you're forty? Uh,
1: she's thirty-seven. year. Yeah, so,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Both. Um, well, I'm forty-one now, so yeah, yep. there's four years between us, but. It was. Uh, it's just an interesting thing. And yeah, happy
0: birthday for our birthday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, all born on the same day. It's. Uh, it's. It's quite the. Uh, quite the weird thing that. John Kenny. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, trying to deal with COVID, uh, like I moved to Melbourne, we, uh, it was you know. Obviously with with Carly, but it was also a uh, a more senior position at work as and well. And people
0: were trying to flee Victoria at the time you were heading in, into Victoria. Everyone's
1: heading out, and I'm driving in. You yeah. Know. Um, <laughs> but it was a more senior role at work too, so I've yeah. had to I've with- had to come into a more senior job, um, which means more hours away from home, and you just got to try and balance everything. And yeah. It's it can be a battle at times, and I'm a lot more stressed, yeah. and I get a lot less sleep than I once did. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's it's great. Um, it was I, – I got a lot of support from friends and, and co-workers, um, I think, with uh, male mental health and uh, the light that gets shone on that now. Yeah. Um. I was very well supported making the transition into a new city, a new – Job even up with the same organisation. Yeah. Still a new job, a new role, and, and I see and
0: that too. As a fairly new dad in a fairly stable position, yeah. you still share those posts around suicide awareness and stuff too. Just oh, you know, yeah, like, like I mean, we. I mean, I suppose that's just not to highlight some sort of darkness in the background of you, but the fact that we all feel it.
1: Yeah, we um, know it's there. I, I've lost friends to suicide that I, you know, and and this. I moved away from the place I grew up pretty early on in the piece. Yep. Um, and I left Sydney, you know, going on 12 years now that I've been out of town and it wasn't until I left town that, you know, people I you know used to see quite regularly and then I stopped seeing and,
0: yep.
1: you know, you find out that they're no longer with us and, yeah. and rather than you're not there, yeah. you know, and, and at times I couldn't make funerals and things like that because I'm stuck in a state or I'm working on a job and I can't get away or,
0: yeah. you know, and things happen so... Anyone you want to shout out particularly right now? Oh,
1: not so much. Probably my, my best mate Greg um, has been a really big support. I've been through you know rough patches in my personal life over the years, and yeah, yeah Greg Greg's my best mate, and he's been a really big support. Um, another really close mate of mine, Scotty. Uh, he's you know, he's been through a rough patch himself recently, and, you know, we, we, we talk, you know, we talk regularly, even though I don't live around my close friends. Yeah. My close friends are back in New South Wales and Canberra. Yeah,
0: it's still just. Um,
1: all the Airmaster boys in Canberra, you yeah. know, we all had each other's backs when I worked up there. It was a really close knit team, yeah. and we all supported each other. And yeah. we all made sure each other was coping all right with the various things that that go on.
0: Yeah, no, shit. Because I, oh, I, I keep saying, like, we sit there at night, we have tea, and we've got three generations, I suppose, between the mates, young bloke, a, yeah. him, him and I, you, in the, yeah. you know, dropping in the middle. And you can see that development as the years have gone by because, like, yeah. I couldn't talk to me old man. I couldn't tell him a fucking thing, you know, whereas yeah. now him and I'll give each other a bit of a fucking awkward pat on the shoulder, a yeah. half, half hug sort of thing, Yeah, you know. So, no, it's a... It's good to see that, you yeah. know blokes are just stepping up and supporting each
1: other. Yeah, day. my um, my father was a firefighter, um, and you know he's he's retired now, and and him and mum are just you know, they they are uh, living their odd ret- life up on the south coast, and that that's a great thing for him. But um, when you when you do when you're in a career like a firefighter or a first responder type role, you, obviously you're going to see things, yeah. and those things have a lasting effect.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And uh, you need to be able to get that off your chest.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you can't carry those things by yourself, and I, I, I really want uh, blokes to understand that. Yeah. it Doesn't matter what's going on, you can always talk about yeah.
0: it. We've really witnessed an early version of that too today in the mates, young blokes, fucking best mate there. Yeah. And they like working in the funeral directory. In the funeral game, industry, you know. I mean
1: that you know.
0: Yeah. It better, takes a
1: special person <laughs> to to have.
0: You wouldn't right know if you were standing around a bonfire at a car event or whatever that that guy standing next to you was that kid who's yeah. actually had to retire himself from that job because he had to take a baby one night in the world where he didn't. You know, he was just done, yeah. you know, tapped out. But again, the amount of conversations you can have if you just open yourself up to him. And like yeah. we said in the Benny episode, you know, my mate split up with his missus on you. She had, so we didn't talk about it. That, you know, we just talk about other superficial shit, but he was ready to talk about it. So, all yeah. I was doing was avoiding a conversation that you know he was ready to have, so yeah, yeah. and
1: I think I, I think, yeah, we need to kind of be a bit more open to having those conversations. um everyone goes through rough periods in their life,
0: yeah
1: um, and some of us handle it different to others, and I think there's probably a little bit to be learned from that yep um yeah it, it, i found out I was in a state and I found out that someone that i'd uh, spent a lot of time around growing up had, had um, you know committed suicide and and i hadn't seen i hadn't seen him for quite a few years but I come from a small town yeah um a very small town growing up and so when when people uh, pass away um, it, it the ripple effect is massive in a small community
0: yeah.
1: uh, it's huge and of been around that more often than I probably should have as a as a teenager, yeah, um, and and a young adult, it's um, and I never talked about any of that, no. um, until I got to breaking point, and then I found a professional to talk to before, you know. Nothing bad happened to me, but it just got on top of me and it started becoming a bit much.
0: Well, that's actually interesting because I told you earlier about um, Troy McMurtry who passed away, who had the really rough jail time, who was born the day before me and I met by freak circumstance. But the reason his counsellor called me was because I was talking to the same counsellor. Yeah, And like I say, the issue I had was this guy who's done really hard jail time is either my dearest mate that I've only just met and we're about to make each other's lives beautiful or he's the biggest threat I've ever had in my life, yeah. you know, and so that's how his counsellor had my contact details to contact me because yeah. I've been talking to that guy trying to sort my stuff out, you know, yeah. through different circumstance, you know, yeah. work cover and money, you know, payment breakdowns and all the shit. But, yeah, we all do it and we all go through stuff. But, and there's... You know,
1: um, there's nothing wrong with seeking the help of a, of a professional to, to talk to. Sometimes you don't want to address these things with your friendship circle and I don't see an issue with that, but you need to address it with someone. And if that, if that person's a mental health professional of some description,
0: yeah. um, <clears throat>
1: there's no problem with that. Yeah,
0: but a, a friend of mine who works in pretty much um, our Housing Pathways, for men in the community, and he said to me at the time when he knew I'd been to see this counselor, he suggested yeah. that I go to my best mate, yeah, and I just give him that money, yeah, and talk to him, yeah. You know, which I and again he's trained professionally in that, but all it's saying is yeah, open yourself up to the people that are around you. Like one, you don't have to then pay fifty dollars an hour until they get to know you, yeah, because well, they already fucking know you, yeah. But if you can just live honestly and truthfully to Those that people that are already there, then yeah. okay, that's turning the corner.
1: And yeah, the thing is, <clears throat> what you'll find, um, I wouldn't, I, I haven't suffered depression, but I've come across some hard times and have probably not addressed it the yeah. way I probably should have. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know how to address it at the time either. Yeah. And you know, when I went through a lot of, uh, uh a lot of, things as a teenager with, you know, young people that I went to school with dying in, you know, in tragic circumstances in, in, you know... Yeah. Of large numbers, you know. We lost a few friends in, in a in a car accident, and that that was a bit rough. And, yeah.
0: Oh, um, mate, and that a, had a
1: ripple effect in the community. Um,
0: I was in the wrong car at the wrong time, and you know that's not. You know, I wasn't found guilty of anything, but the impact on a bloke's life at 19, yeah. for just being in that car, yeah, and for the whole process that out that wound out after that accident, yeah. I'd say you know it don't matter if you got you know if you're in the passenger seat wearing a seatbelt. Maybe sometimes you shouldn't even be there.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just um I didn't you know, at at that particular time, you know, I didn't I just accepted it was a tragic accident and kinda of moved on, but it does have an effect on you. Mm. Um and when, when you when your family and your center family is also involved in a situation, it, it makes things a, a little bit more difficult yeah, because no. you can't separate yourself from it. So we
0: well, could probably unpack that one later too. Yeah. This this accident of mine which barely it's recognition or barely it's spoken about, but the impact to just yeah you know, decimates friendship groups it it, do, it does so yeah, much you there's know
1: there's a lot it changes communities um, it sounds
0: like great nineteen or yeah you know.
1: um but we need to kind of just understand that we can talk to we can talk to each other about it we can support each other and yeah just now let's
0: bring it back to stuff that's heading towards fluffy again yeah. but there were some labour stories too about when Carly was in labour and when you were coming close to the uh, the moment of where your son was going to be born because we started out talking about the, the
1: oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> standard me was at work when it all sort of went down. So, I um, yeah come home from work, we packed up and chuffed off to the hospital and uh, got all set up in the room. And uh, yeah, Carly had gone into labor and you know, we'd uh, we'd gone through the process, it takes a few hours as everybody who's been down that oh, road this knows. A,
0: this is a tangent, did you know what? Whether you're having a boy or a No,
1: guy. we didn't find out. So you didn't, you didn't yeah, yeah, we didn't find out. I didn't want to know. And mm. yeah, we just we just didn't want to, so Yeah. We were kinda of happy to just, you know, have a surprise at the end. Yep. But um yeah, we got into that, that point in the labour, so Carly went into Labour about seven o'clock at night. Yeah. And I'd worked the day, so I was already buggered. And um but you know, the worst. You, you can't say to your pregnant girlfriend who's in labour, um, "I'm a bit tired." Yeah, you know, that's not going to go to no, well at all. <laughs> so you just kind of push on, <clears throat> and um, I have, you know, you, you you play your part, and I, I was doing the best, and I've got no idea what I'm doing. You know, it it's confronting, but you just. I didn't freak out, but I was just like, I don't know. What to I do know you're
0: do. out of the loop. Like you, you, you are the you're in the way wherever you stand in oh, that mate, room in that hospital. You like are just useless. not meant to be there.
1: I felt like the most useless human on the
0: planet. The nurse will treat you the same. The doctor will treat you the same. It's like just get out of the fucking way. Like yeah. I remember, it's I remember it vividly. Like that's how much it. The nursing me.
1: staff were pretty good. Yeah, and my partner is a nurse. So yeah, so she's she's a medical bra- background. Embraced that. you a little, bit and she in. is. Um, she's really good in a crisis, you know. She's got a level head, so
0: yeah.
1: Um, but I couldn't do anything for her. Yeah, pain she was in, what she was going through. You can't do anything. You just you're a passenger for that whole thing. You have
0: that as a dad now too. Yeah, when your kids there's something not right with your kid, fuck it hurts. Oh mate, when you can't stop the tears. Oh my god, it's the worst thing. Which makes you understand the mum role. Yeah, yeah, so much. Yeah, you kind
1: of just learn every minute. But we kind of just hit this lull uh, where we'd moved into the birthing suite and Carly was laying on the bed, obviously in labour, and uh, I was on the chair. They give you the worst chairs in history in hospital. You can't get comfortable (laughs) on them. So I've got two chairs pushed together and got my feet up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, we just hit this kind of dead spot where not much was happening. So I found myself on an auction site. I've got... Quite a collection of – I've got quite a collection of Matchbox cars, which I've been – all my Matchbox cars from when I was a kid.
0: Yeah.
1: I've got quite the collection. So I've been selling I'm – I'm a bit of a gumtree aficionado, so I've been selling a lot of stuff and moving a lot of things on so I could have some more room at home. And Yeah. Um, I've always had a collection of those Matchbox semi-trailers. Yeah. And uh, I've got a collection of them that are got Australian companies on them, so I've got an IPEC one and an handset one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember them.
1: Yeah, and I was um I got a I got a LinFox one. Well, I've got two now. So I was just flicking around on guntry, which is always a bad idea. And it's an <laughs> even worse idea when your partner's in labour and you probably should be focusing on that. And I found myself because I was overtired, It was late at night. Not much was going on, and I inadvertently purchased an entire collection of Matchbox Convoy semi trailers,
0: <laughs> 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 and I
1: kind of just I bid it on and thinking, oh there's no way I will win this," so I put some stupid amount on it, yeah. and it ended up it turned up in my front door three days later, <laughs> and I kind of went, "Oh shit, I remember this." <laughs> So now I've got I've got that to kind of sort out, and they're they're just I've been through them and and, and checked them all out, and they're all legit and everything's good, and I've yep. just packed them in a box and there in a corner in the room there, and I'll get to them one day But
0: um,
1: yeah, it's pretty funny, you know. And um,
0: so there, how does everything transpire then in the birthing suite after you make the dream purchase? Uh,
1: yeah, like, no, no, she was pretty. She, Carly's pretty good about that sort of thing. She knows what I'm like. like I
0: know we both. She like, knew like, what she
1: signed up for,
0: but I know we both squinted when we talked about cutting cords and stuff. You know, oh, like, the cord like, cutting you know, like, freaks yeah, me out yeah. a bit. But
1: um, yeah, it was a look. It was she was pretty. It was pretty funny actually. I was like, oh yeah, I've just bought all this stuff, and you know, yeah, what are you buying? I said, oh, I just bought all these Matchbox trucks, and she's like, what? <laughs> We're in here having a baby, I was like, Oh, well, I'll just try to kill some time, you know. Yeah, just well back to it. the
0: job then. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then yeah, it was about then the uh the um obstetrician just kind of said, Oh, well, maybe you should get some sleep. So I slept for four hours while she while she uh was in labour. So yeah, but I was awake and Yeah. Um I was awake at you know, four hours later, it would have been probably four thirty in the morning and then yeah, yeah Reese was born at, at uh eight o'clock on the first of September. So yeah. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, Cutting the umbilical cord was a bit of a... I thought I was going to hurt him, so I didn't want to cut it.
0: Yeah, I was the same. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But it's... um it just feels weird between the blades too. Yeah. It's just like you know, our yeah. dad's cutting the sausage with the bone in yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah, There's just something not cool about it. Yeah, but, you know. yeah. No, I no, think they are. Do, uh,
1: they just like, oh, here you go, cut the corner. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah. yeah. laughs> I'll tell you what, it's not like snipping the top off a
0: duper. I think after know, all, all the work, it that's it. what they're there for. They just yeah. want to see you fucking squirm. You know, <laughs> yeah. But it's not like cutting the top off a
1: Zupa duper. no, I'll no, no absolutely,
0: absolutely. You would have cut a few of them by
1: now. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, so that was. Mate, and then it was back to We were
0: the- saying about the clean-up and stuff, like they took him off to give him a wash or fucking... Because you were talking about it earlier and I was thinking, look, they they virtually they had to vacuum my daughter's lungs out because yeah. she had a dump on the way out and yeah. fucking breathed half it in. So they've cleared yeah. her out and then they've given her to me to hold on and they said, oh, we're going to take her down the hallway now for, for a bath. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I've just started heading towards the door, and they've got the little crib on the fucking trolley going. Yeah. No, no, you got to put her in here. I'm like, no, I'm right. Yeah, yeah. And no, no. I tell you what, she was two weeks old. She was fucking. That's how I was carrying her through the supermarket with yeah. a basket in one hand and her tucked under the fucking arm. <laughs>
1: Mate, they, um, he, he had the same thing of meconium or whatever was all over him. So he was born. We did the cord. They cleaned him up, and yeah, we hadn't picked a name or anything. So you know, Carly and I just sort of were standing there going, oh, we haven't got a name. And, yeah, Carly said, oh, what about Reese?" And I said, yeah. And then we're like, what are we going to call his, you know, his, his second name, his, his middle name? And then we just went, I just said, oh, Martin. What about Martin? You know, it just kind of popped into my head and yeah. like, just like, Reese Martin, okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, we'll put it on his little birth card yeah. in his, uh, his little <clears throat> crib. And then it was back to the room and, mate I fell asleep on the on the little lounge. We had like a private room, so Carly was able to get some sleep and yeah. the three of us just crashed and that was that and that was the that was the first sort of day and it was a really Did that just really happen to me moment when I went back to the room or had a sleep and then they those two were sound asleep and I woke up and I went and had a shower and I just stood in the shower and just you contemplating did that just actually happen?
0: Yeah. Um It's like getting a new new tattoo and having a look when you wake up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But the impact too, the impact was in the brain going, oh, shit.
1: Yeah, it's game on now. I'm now
0: another guy. I'm a different person.
1: Yeah, and I had the, so I I had a a dual cab ute for a a work vehicle, you know, so I had the baby seat. We drove the work truck to to the hospital. Yeah. So I had the baby seat in the back and, because um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, you know. Am I going to stay? Am I going to come home and yeah, leave it myself, yeah, which no. I didn't want to do. Your
0: stories of 40-hour labours. your yeah. stories of two-hour fucking labours.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and I, my, my cousin had a really short labour. She actually gave birth to her second, you know, at home in the bathroom because, you know, they just weren't going to make yeah. the hospital. So that's just how that goes. And yeah. kind of, it's in the back of your mind that that could happen. So um, I had the seat in the car probably a week before, the baby seat, you know, which was a bit of a novelty. Because um, so I'd look in the mirror and the seat was there. But then the day we come home from the hospital, and because it's my work truck, I'm in it every day. Yeah. So we put we put the little bloke in the in the seat, you know, and, and, and um, buckled him all up and he was cracking it pretty badly too. He was really oh. quite vocal about being in the seat. But as yeah. soon as I started the engine and put it into gear, he kind of just nodded off. <laughs> And we had to, like, we were at Monash at Clayton, so we had to kind of weave around the you back of the car know. park. You don't get know, out. you don't
0: know. You could look at your baby and go, is this one fucked? You know, he was asleep.
1: By the time we got, like, we had to weave around the back of the car park. By the time we got out of the car park, he sound asleep. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right, eh? And then, yeah, you get home, and it, all in the hospital, it's kind of a bit of a surreal experience. We were in a hospital for probably four days after he was born.
0: You're madly supported. Like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, people talk about getting bad, you know, circumstances at hospitals, but yeah, like, every support you need is there. Like, you we don't have, you don't have to, fo- yeah, if, you, if your baby needs change, then they'll change it. If, you know, you need food, they'll bring you food. If yeah, you need,
1: they were you know, great. Um, we, we were in, and, you know, my partner works at, a Hospital, you yeah, know, let and she, you works
0: say, at, she was already in the loop,
1: yeah. And we she worked at the hospital where we had him, so yeah, you know, um, that's gotta be weird
0: assistant. too, like you know, when you've got to be so vulnerable in your work circumstance, too, yeah. like that's gotta be a tough one for I'm the just, ladies at times.
1: I guess we're lucky that Carly works in a different section, so I guess you didn't really know, she didn't,
0: yeah, she did not work in these the office, nutrition area, you know. or yeah, yeah, you didn't have your own, yeah. she's, a, she's an
1: emergency nurse, so you know, yeah, she's downstairs yeah. dealing with that, but. Um, you know, we kind of, the hospital staff were just, I found them really supportive. They were really good. The food was good. Yeah. I ate all the food that came <laughs> in before, <court>, mate. Every <laughs> time right, that, that menu come in, I filled the card out. Really I was in work. there
0: with a broken neck in 89, mate. They just kept wanting to bring me the worst food in the world. Mum was bringing me pizzas. Yeah, yeah I'll tell
1: you what, the food was all right. It yeah. wasn't bad. Walk downstairs and get a coffee in the morning, read a paper. It was great. Yeah. But, yeah, we get home and... Uh, but she
0: didn't really suffer greatly or, like, she was, you know.
1: Nah, she got off uh, pretty well. Like, you know, she was, you know, she was a bit battered and bruised after yeah. it all as is, you yeah, know, as sort is of the, the as course. As is the course, yeah. But, but she was in, in a good way and good spirits and yeah. little bloke was fine. There was no dramas with him. <clears> he was sweet. <throat> um, he's pretty relaxed about, yeah, uh, about everything. He's um yeah, pretty low-key sort of kid, you know, not dramatic oh, at
0: all. Oh, yeah, Kenny, it's Kenny 81. Check out yeah. the smiles.
1: Yeah. Happy, yeah,
0: happy little explosive kid ready to be, live a life, you know. Oh,
1: yeah, he loves it. He's really good. He's always smiling. He's been really sick this week and he still smiles, you know. it's um.
0: You get the rough early stages, like, you know, like rough nights, you know. Oh, like yeah, three yeah. Three or four we sleep had, uh, outs. And-
1: he, was, he was pretty good the first few weeks. He kind of just slept, but... Yeah, he's, we've had rough nights. He goes through these growth spurts and you have sleepless nights. I mean, for me, it's not so bad. Yeah, uh, I sleep through it. Even when he was in our bedroom, he was on my side of the bed.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'd sleep through his cries. Once I put my head on the pillow, that's it, I'm done. Um, And I slept through everything. And even this morning, I didn't hear a thing until I got up to have a shower and I heard him on the monitor.
0: Yeah. I was told like six to nine weeks because my daughter was just waking up like, wait, heaps through the night. But But I was giving her feeds. I was trying to give the missus the rest. So if she woke up through the night, I'd get up. Like We got her on the bottle early, all this sort of stuff. But, well, I had, um, but my ex actually had issues, you know, body issues and stuff that led her just wanting to bottle feed, but it yeah. just sort of worked into our favour so well. But I said to someone one night how fucking crazy it all was and it was only a guy who was actually, I think he was younger than me, but he had a kid that was older than my kid yeah. and he said, you won't believe it. Like, And I had to come back to him and say, you're fucking spot on. You're saying six to eight weeks. I reckon yeah. it was six six weeks, one fucking day, and she just slept 10 hours. Yeah. And we were all of a sudden good, so Yeah,
1: Reece is pretty good. Um he we've he goes through growth spurts and then he doesn't sleep. Um when he's sick he doesn't sleep, obviously. They yeah. none of them do, but he's generally pretty good, you know, like I'll put him down about he generally is in bed no later than six thirty most nights. Mm. Sometimes he'll wake up. Most of the time he's pretty good. Yeah. Think, um, probably the best thing is that, you know, we move around a lot. So, you know, at three months old, we were off to Canberra. So, you know, to see the family and that. So we jumped in the car at one thirty in the morning. He'd woken up for his, for his bottle. Yeah, He'd had his bottle and he was off to sleep. So, bang, he was straight in the back seat of the car and we were off. Yeah. At 1 in the morning, we're driving out through Ye in the back <laughs> of Seymour and we're hitting Aubrey sort of you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning yeah. and he's waking up just ready for his breakfast feed yeah. and we're pulling off the highway to go and get a feed and fill the car up. <laughs> and um you know, then we, we're doing a drive, you know, up the Hume Highway all the way to Canberra and then from Canberra across to Bateman's Bay. So that was probably a solid twelve hour date and mm. he travelled really well in the car. Nah, that's cool. Um, you know, to see his grandparents and, you know, he was fine travelling around. Uh, Carly, my partner, works away a lot. Yeah. Um, she works down on the Great Ocean Road at a hospital there. So, you know, he quite often is packed in the car and yeah. he goes with her to work while I stay in Melbourne. Yeah. And um, he's in the Porticot, you know, so it takes him a day to kind of settle into that routine. Yeah. But because we move around so much, he's become
0: quite adaptable. So he'll be right for summernats every year. He'll be
1: right for summernats. <laughs> yeah, I've already bought him a pair of earmuffs, so no,
0: yeah, it's good mate. to go.
1: But yeah, it's, it's just it's a great thing. Um, I really enjoy it. It's it's been a massive adjustment. I won't say it's been a walk in the park.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he's fine. He's no problem. But for me, in three years, I've gone from a single bloke living by himself with all the time in the world. And being able to just do what I want when I want. Oh, can you work back tonight? Yeah, sure, I'll work back till yeah. No dramas. Um, you know, oh, I'm just going to go away for the weekend, do whatever I want, to now yeah. I've got a partner and a child and the priority shift is they are now the focus of everything yeah. that goes on. So today with this job going so badly sideways, yeah, it was like a phone call to Carly to say I'm actually not coming home tonight. Yeah. And she's totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah. You know that was my first consideration. When this normally, when a job goes sideways like that, I'd normally just push on and get it done. Yeah. But it was like, hang on, I've got to down tools. I need to make some arrangements here. Yeah. And that's that's like the paradigm shift.
0: Yeah, but I'm stoked that we've been able to fill up a fair percentage a night, and oh. maybe come up with some things that people might get a bit from as well. You know, yeah. because again, like. Fucking you and I just fucking instantly mates in the moment, messaging yeah. each other, fucking, and all yeah. that to be able to turn around to this. And what is it? I'm looking at the time because Have I on see you on, yawning a couple of times. Oh yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's uh, ten. Day. It's ten to eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. Ten to eleven at night. It's been a solid day. So you yeah, know, by the time on the we stoke right? this fire up to keep us fucking warm when we get up in the morning, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I filled your night up, Scotty, and fucking really appreciate it, mate. And again, I'd turn this off. We'd fucking relaxed, and all of a sudden, the gold that's coming out, it's like, yeah. oh, hang on, someone's going to get some value out of this. So, no, nah, really, fucking appreciate it. No, Top no worries, right, mate. Thanks for you having know?
1: me, and um, thanks for thanks for putting us up. You know, like I would have got a hotel and 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 probably stayed in town, but.
0: And, again, you you come behind the curtain for The Wizard of Oz, mate, and it's fucking – it is The Wizard of Oz because it's pretty low-key. It's just a bloke living on a mountain of rubbish in a funny little shed. But Ah, it's good. It's like (laughs) – it's nice
1: to be able to to – well, I knew that this job—I knew this job was on for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and it was just what day are we going to get up there to do it. I had to move a few things around. I mean, it
0: even if it had stretched out to four thirty, I've got no doubt you would have been trying to find a way to catch me before you headed back. To I wasn't—I
1: wasn't leaving Ballarat without saying goodbye. Like that nah. was—that was happening today, nah. regardless. Nah, I love that.
0: And yeah. even the fact that I couldn't identify you in the pits at fucking Heathcote till you told me who you were, but yeah. fucking so glad that we fucking caught up there too. Yeah, yeah. Know?
1: Yeah, well, that, and that was another thing. Like, I made a point of wanting to catch up. Yeah. Um, because it's not often that you're able to to sort of meet people um, or you know, when you follow on Instagram and podcasts and things like that, yeah. you're not you got an affinity with people, but you're not able to sort of meet them.
0: And I'll shout out AO all the fucking way, mate, because without him, you know, there's no podcast, there's yeah. no fucking YouTube's, there's I no think- nothing, because he he does those that, that leg work behind the background. He and, uh, he was the one that yeah. give this bloke this lazy idiot a nudge and said, "I reckon we can do this shit." So.
1: Yeah, well, like it'd be great to come back up and catch up with AO, and um, you know.
0: Put you in the studio too, mate, in, yeah, the, bla- in the black right, room with Scotty because yeah. Scotty's a fucking ripper. Yeah, now, I have to do it. this is a f- weird part to put it because we've started talking about uh, childbirth, pregnancy, and the, f- the effects on a new dad. But what sort of music do you listen to? Because I know we've. Cool. I know that you went to listen to something that was recommended in our podcast, didn't enjoy it. So I pointed you at Electric Cowboy, and you went, yeah. "Fuck yeah!" And we gelled on that.
1: Electric Cowboy and Bloody Wood was really good. Um, i got a really wide—I guess you'd call it—a really eclectic sort of music taste. I can listen to anything.
0: And you know, anything you say here now ends up in the in the uh, Never Late Podcast playlist on yeah. Spotify. So you know,
1: um, I. <laughs> Can listen to pretty much anything. Dance music was big when I was a teenager. I want so. to
0: put out a request for things that involve uh, female front persons because what I've noticed from listening to us on Shuffle is yeah. we seem pretty male dominated.
1: Well, that's a good point you raise because a couple of bands I like are female front. So yeah. um, I like Garbage, Shirley Manson. There you go. Um, Shirley Manson needs
0: yeah. a run for sure. I had a Doberman called Manson. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't related.
1: But I'll tell you what, her just that the voice and her singing style is just something I've always enjoyed. Yep. Um, I've always had a bit of a thing for Wendy James from Transvision Vamp as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, massive fan of Transvision Vamp. Uh, And I'll
0: go back a bit and I'll take you to something that you might go and search out but Wendy O. Williams.
1: I've heard. The pl-
0: the Plasmatics.
1: Okay, yeah. They, were like a, a they were like yeah. a
0: punk metal crossover okay. back in the day and really like, yeah, really heavy on the punk side. Yeah. And she was just, when I was 15, she was that lace-coated sweaty yeah. fucking woman on the mic. yeah. Just Belton-driven vocals. Yeah, yeah. So the Plasmatics.
1: Um, Chrissy Anford and the Divinals. Oh, mate. clearly. Goes without saying. Um, I think
0: I mentioned in an episode, but I saw her tip a drink on herself while they were just warming up for a song and yeah. then just take the mic like and own the stage. But, yeah. yeah.
1: I, um, I worked when I was at Apprentice. We did refrigeration in, in pubs and clubs around Sydney and the Cross and places like that, a lot of beer plumbing and that. And... uh yeah, my tradesman was a massive Divinyls fan and he'd, he'd been to see mm-hmm. her a million times at different venues around Sydney and, yeah. yeah, just rated her as a as a person on stage. Oh, we're just lacking. Just said she had this presence, you know.
0: Yeah, we're lacking Baby Animals too in our playlist.
1: Yeah, that, Baby Animals. That album, is, um,
0: that self-titled album. My um music tastes are
1: pretty varied. I can listen to rap, some rap, not a lot. Yeah. Um, like I...
0: 99 Problems.
1: yeah. Yeah, Ice I like Ice T. Yeah, cool I like as... Ice Yeah, I'm um, glad I
0: pointed you at that. That was I the like, one that. Yeah,
1: them... I like that. But I've like I really like Australian rock is probably my thing. I listen to I like metal. I like Metallica. Mm. I like uh Pantera and Diesel like too. Like yeah. So my 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 biggest probably genre I listen to mostly is Australian rock. So um I like Diesel. I like. The Hunters and Collectors. Yeah. Um, I love James Rain. Mark
0: Seymour's solo show I went to is the highlight of my world. Uh, you know.
1: I'd love to see Mark Seymour solo. Yeah, um,
0: Continental Lounge in Collingwood. It was fucking brilliant.
1: I love James Rain. I saw James Rain down on the Mornington Peninsula. I can't remember the name of the hotel, but yeah. Um,
0: I like his more acoustic-based was- stuff. He's more folk twinged.
1: Oh, there's a pub down, Edith. I went down to Edith Vale Way and saw him at a pub down there. I can't remember the name of the pub, but it was down Edith Vale there. Um yep. Saw James Rain, He was amazing uh, live and just played start to finish. Yeah. Didn't let up the whole time he was on stage. Um, I like Midnight Oil, In Excess.
0: Yeah, best there, mate, love Midnight Oil. Yeah. You know. I had a mate um, too that I went to primary school with and I remember at a disco used to dance like fucking Peter Garrett.
1: Yeah, Crash <laughs> Opera, which I oh, just discovered. Discovered on Instagram, still playing shows in Victoria, which yeah. is pretty
0: really cool. Yeah, that song, Life in a Northern Town. Yeah. Do you know how the chorus goes?
1: No. I can't remember it off the top no, of my head. I swear
0: it's got rhymes for A-O, but oh, it's A-O. got a bit of scat thrown in, so I don't know how I'm going to pull that off.
1: Oh, right
0: i um, uh, I'll get into a bit of country rock as well.
1: Um, I like, like Lee Kernighan, a bit of Slim Dusty. Yep. Um, and I actually really like the Wolf Brothers, so uh, great country rock
0: yeah. guys from
1: Tassie. Yeah.
0: Oh, Tassie-based. Yeah,
1: Tassie-based guys. So um, I found them by accident on Spotify. Oh, I was playing, just scrolling through a playlist, driving to a job site, and it just came on, and I was yeah. like, oh, I like that song. Let's listen to these guys, and I just hit the like button and um, I listened to the whole catalogue. Yeah, one day I just put them on the Bluetooth speaker at work and just worked away while I was listening it. I love it how find shit like that. Yeah, and they were just they're just good music and it's like, you know, you can listen to it while you're working and that. It's not yeah, intrusive. Yeah. Great lyrics, great bands. Anyway, um, I was on Instagram and they announced a show at I Live Right Near Hallam Pub in yep. um, South East Melbourne. Yep. So they were playing a show at Hallam uh, two weeks ago. I was on holidays from work, so I bought tickets. Forty five bucks a ticket to go to Hallam Pub.
0: <laughs> we had a feed out
1: the back, and they've done the pub up as really nice inside. Yeah, 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 So we had a feed out the restaurant. We walk around to the stage where the stage is, and we went in there. What are
0: they called again? The Wolf Brothers. Yeah, the Wolf Brothers. Yeah. And
1: um, they played a country rock show from start to finish. They had a band called Darlinghurst supporting them. Yeah, and that show was awesome. And again the energy those guys brought on stage and uh uh Tom Wolf, who is the bass guitarist, just was having a party up there. Yeah. Mate, the smile on his face is a mile wide. Like if you went into that show and I'd never really been to to a lot of country music sort of things before, but um, you know, I think uh you know, Nick is is the lead singer that that the whole band were just having a party up there. Yeah, Everyone was smiling. Yeah. They were laughing and joking amongst themselves and with the crowd. And they just, you can tell they really enjoyed being musicians and yeah. being out touring, and, yeah, it was just great. And in the end, I, I messaged them on Instagram and just said, I was at your show last night and just had an absolute ball. Like, you've gained yourself a lifelong fan from here on out. Yeah. That, was, that was bloody awesome. Did
0: they come back at you? Yeah, they did. They said, yeah, we love it. I fucking um, love that because a mate who, like, my drummer at one stage, Darren, was an amazing drummer, but he played in other bands and I was just never getting me shit together. So, like, he was always my drummer, but he'd find something else to do. And we were at a gig one night and the band came off stage and I said, that was fucking amazing, guys. You guys really fucking nailed it, you know, and they're like, oh, thanks. And three hours later... We're walking through the fucking bar and these guys are coming towards us. Oh, here he is, you know, and they're all excited to see me. Yeah. And I said to Darren, I don't get it. And he said, no, he said, the amount of times, he said, I'm packing my shit in the van at the end of the fucking day at two o'clock in the morning. And, yeah. But he said, I'll get off the stage sweating and no one will say a fucking word. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether people yeah, you just don't feel they out. can approach or whatever, but you just played your ass out and you can't even get, wow, that was really good. So a little bit of praise goes a long yeah. way in that well, moment. I just
1: messaged them on their Instagram page and said, look, I really enjoyed the show last night. i have never been to a country sort of country music show before. yeah. And, uh, you know, you just played with this energy from start to finish. They yeah. didn't let up. And in the middle of their set, they did like an Australian medley. So they played... Need You Tonight from In Excess, yep. they played uh, Hunters and Collectors, Holy Grail, and then they played Great Southern Land. Yeah. And I love that song. I love Great Southern yeah. Land. That, that, that stirs something in yeah, yeah. that song. Yeah. Um, I love this country. That's
0: a national anthem for the yeah. blokes that aren't really political. Yeah, you
1: know I mean? and like, I, I love Australia and I love where I come from. I love Canberra and that that's yeah. the, I just love, I love everything about it. Yeah. And when you hear that song, it just kind of, if that doesn't stir something in you about being a proud Australian, then I don't know. Then yeah, you can get you the know, fuck out. Yeah, check your pulse, you know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they played a version mixed in the middle of all this other music. They just busted into grey southern land. And I, my, I stopped dead yeah. and just turned around and just watched it. Yeah. And they just, they did it so well. Nothing and I when, when they replied, I replied back and I said, I'd love to hear his recorded version of great southern Yeah. he got to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, another one you'll find in our playlist too, our Spotify playlist, Mark Muldray. Uh, but Mark yeah. Muldray played the Boogaloo, uh, no, Babushka in Ballarat. Okay. And uh, a mate, mate I went to school with owned that bar. And actually Garth had his own band and everything yeah. too. But I remember him being bullied when I was a kid and like at school. Yeah. And... I wasn't a fucking bully, but I didn't stop him from being bullied. Yeah. And I was walking down the street one night and I spotted him sitting in a local bar and, I mean, he wears the fucking Seinfeld fucking puffy shirt and fucking he's the full goth guy Yeah, and he's sitting at the bar. So I went in and I just said to him, I said, look, you know, I just want to say, Mm. you know, because I knew that he was singing in this um, digital goth band thing too. Mm. And I said, look, I said, I know you had a pretty rough, I said, I went to school with you, you know. Like I said, oh, g'day, Garth, mm. Chris, I went to school with you. He said, oh, that was a prick of a school. I said, yeah, and I remember that being a prick of a school for you. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, because we don't talk much anyway. Yeah. But if we're all a, subject what we've, a product of what we've been through and what we've done and yeah. where we've been, then it was really good to see you playing at fucking Granary Lane last week. Stand up there on the stage in your power doing your thing because I really admire your fucking show, you yeah. know. And he goes, Oh, oh, thanks. I was like, You know, you're all right." And, and I was about to head off and I turned yeah. to walk off. He goes, Hey, hey. And I went, What? Like, and, he, and he actually gave me a two handed fucking handshake. Like yeah. it really felt like it meant a fucking lot, you know. But bullying's the scourge. I went to St. Pat's and there's no denying the fact that kids there were abused, but it was the ones who were bullied. Who then went to seek, you know, sort of some sort of consolation out of their experience yeah. that were then fucking further abused from there, you know, and that's where bullying is just a fucking disgrace.
1: I went to a public school in a in a town called Camden, um, which is sort of southwest Sydney. At the time, it was a would be considered a rural area, you know.
0: Yeah. Um. But you've sort of told me Western Sydney is pretty rough. Rough burbs, too.
1: It can be, yeah. Like where I grew up was pretty good. We what, grew up in a Was good there a
0: code of honour? Like, I know if you go to Wenderee West in Ballarat, it's got a bad name, but I know the boys that live in Wenderee West, that's their community.
1: Where I you grew know. up, um, well, I was born in Penrith. Um, but we moved out to Silverdale, which is, you know, Warragamber Dam, which, you know, it's all just copped a massive flood again for the third time this year up there. Um, yeah, it's
0: been disgraceful and yeah. we're feeling it down Yeah, here. and, yeah. Um,
1: you know, they've, been, they've copped it pretty hard up there, those guys. And um, growing up there, it was a rural area and it was a small town. So I had a really good upbringing. Um, but when I moved out of home and I was living down in um, – I was living sort of around St Mary's and those areas, yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a rough area yeah. um, around that Mount Jewett, Blacktown. It, it's been regarded by most people who live outside the area as a bit of a shithole.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I grew up – like when I left school and was working – and was spending a lot of time around that area because I had a girlfriend that lived in Fairfield, which is a massive multicultural community. And um, there's a lot of disadvantaged people that live in those areas. And when I say disadvantaged, I mean, like, socially disadvantaged. You know, their English is not their first language or, you know, they come from a low socioeconomic background. They don't have a lot of money, you know, and things like that. So the opportunities aren't there for these people. And um, there's... You kinda just learn to i take people on face value yep
0: um
1: you 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 speak to people who don't have money or don't have opportunities and they're just people too you know yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're just people absolutely. trying to get around and and make their way so i guess. I kind of understand, whilst I didn't have a tough upbringing or come from a broken family or anything you like that. You understand
0: how people go through those circumstances. I can
1: understand how people, and I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, a bit more empathetic for people that have come from. And a, that's what a I was going to say. Here. See, I was
0: really going for the stretching for the word empathy because yeah. we, like, the last fucking two years, two and a half years across the country, yeah. have been a massive test on people's empathy, and people will defend their point of view. You, you explain the most tragic circumstances about someone you personally know. Yeah. And rather than relate those, circu- reflect those circumstances back to you and then make their point, Yeah, they'll just jump straight in and make their point. Yeah. Like that didn't happen or, yeah. you know, they'll just totally override I kind of, that. I guess what it taught you know, me,
1: seeing, you know, seeing things as I like was like 18, 19 and working around the city and working in pubs and clubs and that sort of stuff and... Moving around the western suburbs in particular, it's rough, yeah, but it's not dangerous. If you go looking for trouble, you're going to find it in spades, yeah, but it's it's rough, it's shabby, and it's working class, but it's not dangerous.
0: Like, oh, and I don't think and I don't think the government are disappointed if everyone thinks it's rough, therefore avoid it, therefore it's all bad. Well, everyone's pretty
1: quick to take take shots at people that come from... But they can tip
0: less resources into those communities <laughs> if people have got that perception.
1: Governments shove money into communities like that because they need to be seen to be doing something. They yeah, don't shove but, money but into if that, the But if the, that ca- But
0: if that community's got a bad name, yeah, they don't have to tip resources into that no, community because, people, because go, people go, oh, no, oh, yeah, it doesn't it's matter.
1: pretty easy to blame the people. Um, in the, in that area, yeah. You but
0: know. but again, that's a global shift too. I listen yeah. to other podcasts where that's a big battle across the US. It's a battle in Canada. It's a battle everywhere. Yeah, you know? it is.
1: Yeah. Um, but what I, what I guess I learnt is well, I just take people at face value. You know, like um, people fall on hard times and and things happen that are outside their control, and they end up in a bit of a hole. And instead of you know ridiculing people and giving them a hard time, why don't we give them a fucking
0: hand? Absolutely. Well, what I've learned, and this is probably in an effort to try and wrap up an episode because I know that we could probably fucking talk all night yeah. like a couple of best mates in grade five having a fucking sleepover. Yeah. But what I've sort of learned is that, yeah, there's definitely some fucking deep conversations to be had around the world. And,
1: I guess the code know. of honour was when I, where I come from, really, and I've struggled since I've lived in Victoria to adapt yeah. to Melbourne and the way it is, Um is that there's a real, and, and I miss it a lot, coming from a small town and coming from, you know, an area that, they're living in an area that people like to take pot shots at or you live in the western suburbs. And yeah. and I didn't really realise until I was working in the city and yeah, in the CBD. Fucking Westies. Yeah. Fucking
0: Westies. Yeah, exactly, that's you know?
1: And we get it here. And they turn, your no- they turn their nose up at you because of your geographical location and you're just like, well, hang on a sec you know, the thing is, like, there's million-dollar houses in the western suburbs as well, so you just settle down.
0: And eventually the people who live in the western suburbs can't afford the rates and have got to move out further. Yeah. And that becomes some new suburb. So eventually none of it matters.
1: You just, um, I guess I've just learnt to kind of, you know, treat people the way I'd like to be treated. Yeah. Um, You know, when you got a, when you come from a small town, you, you, there's a sense of community, yeah, and people are out there to help each other, yeah. When things happen, so I've been through bushfires, I've been through floods and natural disasters and that in, in the areas I live, and, and what you find is that everyone pitches in and has a has a has a crack at helping each yeah. other. But I feel like, and even in Canberra, the same thing, you know, like my neighbours. Um, when the fires were coming in Canberra in sort of 2019, 2020, you know, my my neighbours knew that I was cut off from my family and I couldn't get to them. Yeah. You know, so they supported me and I helped them. And, you know, we started getting a lot of ember attacking that in Canberra as well. So we kind of had to go, shit, you know, we could end up having a house fire We need to do something. So we, we kind of backed each other and, and helped each other out and were, were swapping keys to each other's houses. Oh, I'm not going to be home. Here's a set of keys if yeah, the house yeah. catches fire sorted out sort of thing. We all had each other's backs, and there's this real sense of community. And what I found living in Melbourne is I've struggled to find that. Like my neighbours, you know, you get the occasional wave, but that's yeah, not really, you know. don't.
0: You don't have that connection.
1: Yeah, it's only since I met my neighbour across the road, who is you know a Serbian immigrant, and he's a, he's a real gentleman, real nice guy. And you know, I've spent that time sort of getting to know him, and he's moved out from Serbia. To Australia, and he's lived in Melbourne the whole time, and he struggles with that. Yeah, because in his town in Serbia, everyone's got each other's back. It's a backs. community. It
0: takes a village yeah. to raise a child. Yeah, all that and I've shit. worked
1: working in a you know working in a construction <clears throat> game. You work with people from different backgrounds. Yeah, and a lot of immigrants, a lot of people with English that is in a first language. So you kind of learn to adapt to that.
0: Yeah, and so I grew up in that community, and I've spoken about it before. But there was an old bloke in a neighbourhood. Where all the kids would ride around there on their fucking BMXs and see what old mates up to today. Yeah. We had these little community fucking mentors. Yeah. And the old bloke lived two doors up from me. He was fucking. He had an electric motorbike, mini bike. Yeah. He was building other little mini bikes. He had a little circuit track in the backyard. And I'd take my MX eighty up there and ride around. But you'd learn like life lessons. You'd learn decent deeper lessons. Yeah. You know, around the world. Yeah. You know, through those blokes. Yeah. And then the community became a bit protective and we just locked all our kids at home and we yeah. not let and them go anyway, you know. The, the,
1: like the, s- the suburban area where I live, you know, yeah. the, that just doesn't happen, you know. The, the neighbours, everyone's just off in their own world and they don't really socialise. Yeah, them. well even Social my daughter,
0: is- I made a point like Toby's 28 now, but when I was living at mum and dad's place and I'd have her every second weekend, the old bloke next door was 70 and they'd go on, We're just going to see old Jack, and it'd be Toby and her little darling girlfriend from next door, and they'd be five and six, yeah. and they'd shuffle in to see old Jack Malone. And fucking Jack used to relate to me all the time about how much that touched his heart to have yeah. these two little fucking darling princesses just drop in for a visit, you know. But they were, they were fearless. Those girls, you know, and yeah. they could work our neighbor- walk our neighbourhood without fear. You know? Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, I kind of yeah, I kind of feel like I come from a. New- Different time, really. When you you talk to people, I feel like, like you
0: belong in a different time. I feel, you know, I do, I do. out of time. Yeah. I well, feel I think like... if any of us feel any of that shit, it's our time to fucking build the new version of it. You know, and you like now because we know you're connected, like fucking, so strongly to the race. The dad things just shifted you totally and changed, yeah. you, skewed your perspectives. But you'll make sure that he's got the best version of what's coming. I, I whether want, whether he's eighteen, whether he's forty, whether he's yeah. fucking sixty, well, you know,
1: we um, you know, we're not gonna we're not obviously gonna stay in the suburbs. We'll we'll move somewhere a bit quieter. But I want him to. I didn't appreciate what I had growing up at the time, as far as where I grew up. I had a really supportive family. No, yep. there's no two ways about that. But I grew up in a rural area where I was able to go out and explore the bush. And you know, paddock bash cars and meet with friends and do this and do that. Yeah. spend my holidays fishing in the local dams and catching yatties and doing yeah, all this sort yeah, of stuff. Same as
0: what I did. Suburban then.
1: kids aren't going to ever do. No, nah. um, and then they're not. They're, you're going to have a generation of kids that grow up in apartment blocks, and not even going to have grass to play on, yep. which I think's pretty sad. But, um, I kind of want Reese to understand. What it, what it means to be a member of a small community. Yeah, um, you really do have, have that
0: connection. And if that I means getting out... feel a sense out, of responsibility. Yeah, but see, you're in a position too. You could get out of Melbourne and go somewhere rural because you'd have a job and a position. Like, you could find yeah. yourself oh, working in yeah. a smaller centre.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just That real that sense of community and, and doing the right thing by the people that you live around you and having consideration for the people that oh, live well, around Oh, now I've
0: found one. Here we go. We've got a Moses MacReady original. All right. And I reckon rather than ramble on, I'll close it on a fucking poem. Sounds good. Um, And and it was kind of a – I suppose it was a bit more beat-related because I did have some music that used to play against this and it's probably in that recorder over there. Was the life you were promised would not be easy, expected to be so hard and have the sacrifices that you make weekly – begun to take their toll. And did you as I wish you were leaving on that gloomy day when one more removal truck turned in to Struggle Street? (laughs) And did you as I did ponder by the side of the road and hypothetically wonder how quick you could load, what would be left and what would be stowed, daydreams of moving on for destinations unknown? And did the reality return to you fleetingly as they drove you by and bowed in silent prayer to self a promise to a little harder try? And did you, over dinner that same evening, promised loved ones you'd all be leaving when one more removal truck turned into Struggle Street? <laughs>
1: I like it.
0: Yeah, there you go. I might even fish out the fucking musical version of that because that was one. Mate wanted to start an album with it. We put together about 14 songs in an album and he decided that was track one. (laughs) Was the life you were promised would not be easy expected to be so hard. Yeah, so there you go. But Scotty Kenny... I reckon we'd still talk into the small hours. I think it's after 11pm and you've got an early start to make sure you can get yourself home to your family tomorrow. Yeah, that's a bit a, that way. Might be time for me to check my phone and make sure I can hit stop on this and that we're still recording after one hour and 33 from just the little added on bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 2.0.
0: Fucking love you, brother, 2.0. Nah,
1: thanks for the time, mate, and thanks for the hospitality. really appreciate that.
0: Nah, no worries at all. Let's stake the fire so we're not cold in the morning. Absolutely. Moses is out.